of wrestling radio the tray dog we will never use the words shit god jesus or any other racial or sexual slurs and jj sexay i did not i repeat i did not sleep with that young intern as a matter of fact i was up all night wrestling news live the fans by the fans that's right the franchise is back wrestling news live The Trey Dog and JJ Sexay. All right, guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Following a very interesting Monday Night Raw where Florence Henderson, ladies and gentlemen, of the Brady Bunch was the guest host for tonight's Monday Night Raw. But uh, <laughs> believe it or not, joining me on the line, he is the host of Wrestling News Live. Ladies yes, and gentlemen, welcome to the program, The Trade Off. Rip it back 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes when you expect a curveball, you get a fastball right down the middle of the plate. And I'm not talking about tonight's home run derby. I'm talking about tonight's main event on Raw where I kind of, I don't know if hoped is the right word for it. Um, I know that finally I, I was under the, I was not expecting Triple H to show up tonight due to the uh, secret probation, super secret surgery that we weren't supposed to find out that he had, but due to a baseball pitcher, we found out he did, in fact, have some surgery done. So I wasn't expecting Triple H. What I was expecting, or I guess what I should say, what I was hoping for was somehow, some way, even if it was just Arn Anderson or some of the has-beens that still hang out backstage, due to... And I don't want to steal the Josh's thunder here in the raw recap, but due to you've got mail and our general manager, he said that no current WWE, and they emphasize the word current WWE superstar on the roster could interfere in tonight's main event or they'd be suspended for 90 days. I was kind of hoping for some of the old farts to come in and help see that even the odds a little bit. But we got basically just a six-on-one gang-bang squash match. And uh, John Cena, i, I got to give the boy credit. He took a whooping. He dished out as much as he could. But uh, what a interesting go-home show for the pay-per-view. JJ, how are you? I'm good. Interesting to say the least. But uh, I, I'm doing well. Oh. I want to tell everybody right off the bat, I had planned on uh, being on the microphone like yourself and coming through Skype like we used to do back in the good old days today, um, but about 7 o'clock, my dad started getting sick, and he started to show symptoms of a heart attack, because he's 60 years old and he still thinks he's 30, and he was out working at the house, and he got way too hot, and uh, I thought I was going to take my dad to the hospital tonight during Raw, so I missed a little bit. I saw most of it, but uh, that's the reason that I'm at my dad's house now is because I didn't want to leave and leave him by himself. He's doing better, but uh, if he's not better by tomorrow morning, we're going to the doctor, but uh, he seems to be doing better now. But, uh, yeah, he was... Scared the shit out of me there for a little while tonight, so I uh, I was able to catch most of the show, just not quite all of it. But uh, we should be good to go. We'll, we'll make we'll make it work. Well, I, I'm relieved to know that uh, that he's doing okay now. I mean that that's that's not good news, Trey. I, I do. Yeah, I uh, I made a joke. I mean, just because that's the way I am. When he was not feeling very good and he was having a hard time catching his breath and. He said, I think I'm having a fucking heart attack. And I said, well, you'll know if you're having one. You won't think. You know, I said, your arm will start hurting. And I said, when they start hurting, let me know. We'll go to the doctor. And about an hour later, he goes, well, my arms are starting to hurt, but I don't want to go to the doctor. I'm going to tough it out. And some old bastard's still sitting in the living room watching uh, Fox News. So I guess he's doing all right. 
Well, I guess that's good. I do want to start the show off and basically tell everybody right now that if for any reason tonight the stream dies and you see, like, stuff go wrong, it's because we're having a bout of storms in the area today. We had a hellacious thunderstorm in the area that was pr- that was producing golf ball size hail today. So awesome! Still hanging around. So if something goes wrong and the show goes away, it's because of the weather. Uh, you know, I'll do my best to bring it back. But uh, if the electricity goes, well, we're fucked. That's just the way it goes. I can tell you, but it's an interesting raw because I keep a notepad next to me nowadays because whenever I have one of my random thoughts during the show, I like to jot it down. And as the Wrestling News Live intro was playing, I glanced over at my notebook and realized that all but one of my notes is about WWE Divas. (laughs) So that could be... uh, Good or bad, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Well, we know Trey Dog loves the Divas, but I guess we should go ahead and get things started. I do believe on the line with us right here on the Skype line, uh, hopefully he hasn't been Skypey in Death Drop yet tonight. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome the Raw Recapper, the official Raw Recapper here for WNL, Josh Pedra. Josh, how's it going? Pretty good, and no, I have not been Skype in Death Drop yet, being the keyword. Well, at any given time, I could put you in that reverse DDT and Skype and death drop you. So uh, prepare for that. So what's going on, Josh? JP, welcome to the show, buddy. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, not much. Sounds like a exciting day in both your lives. I just have a little bit of acid reflux and neck sprain. So compared to you guys, I guess I'm doing all right. Hey, Trey, I'm just reading. Well, the, I- I'm, uh, hold on, Trey. I'm just reading the chat room. And Raven Effect says uh, this guy, he's an EMT in training, and you should. Uh, he says you should seriously take him to the hospital or at least keep an eye on him. Well, he uh, at first he got sick and was throwing up because he was so hot. And that's why my dad has done that his whole life. You have to understand my dad, though. He's not a normal man. I mean, his mom died when he was four years old, and he went to live with his uncle, who actually lived about a mile off the back end of our of my dad's property where I grew up. Um, but my uncle was an asshole, and he had a couple of kids of his own that were a little bit older than my dad. And from the time my dad was, I think, six years old to the day he graduated high school, my, my uncle had one of the more dairy farms here in Sequoia, where I'm from. And back in that day, which was a Wednesday... Um, back in the day, dairy farms was where you got your milk back in the older, olden days, I guess. And, uh, my dad would literally from about six or seven years old, all the way through his senior year would have to wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and go out and milk over a hundred head of cow by hand by himself before he even went to school. And then he would go to school all day and get off the bus or drive home or get a ride home later on. And when he got home from school, he had to milk that same 100 head of cattle again by hand, which was about, oh, 8 o'clock at night by the time he was done. And then he ended up going to bed and doing the whole thing over again every day of his life. And my, my uncle was such a bastard that if Dad didn't get it done, 
he literally took a whip and whipped my dad like a slave. And my dad's got scars on his back to prove it. My dad has grown up. It was He had a really, really rough life, which I'm thankful for every day of my life because they tell you that, you know, you, you end up treating your children the way you were treated. Well, thank God for the fact that he didn't do that. You know, and my brother and sister and I never needed anything or wanted anything that we didn't get. You know, I'm not saying we were completely spoiled. You were lucky, my friend. But, you know, very lucky. And like I said, my dad has worked hard his whole life. And, you know, when he says he needs to go to the doctor, then I'll take him to the doctor. When he says he's okay, then I believe him. But, I mean, he's 60 years old. He's not 30 anymore. And he sometimes forgets that. Well, just all I'm saying is kind of keep an eye in and out what's going on with your dad. Make sure he's he's doing okay. Uh, oh, I've got the I've got the window in the living room. I got the blinds open. I'm watching him. He's sitting there watching Fox News, yelling about Obama. He's okay. But I guess on a lighter note, let's go ahead and tackle the official Raw recap. Josh, start us off with the happenings. What started things off on Monday Night Raw right here tonight? Well, John Cena started us off tonight on Monday Night Raw. Uh, he comes out and talks about his match with uh, Sheamus at Money in the Bank and talks about um, tonight how he wishes Sheamus would see the light and band with him against the Nexus, which in turn brings the Nexus out. Um, Nexus goes back and forth with Cena talking about pretty much uh, what happened last week, and the GM interrupts about their, uh, their match tonight. And they put the stipulations on the match that if any superstar interrupts uh, during the match, they'll be suspended for 90 days. And if any one of the Nexus people don't abide by tag rules, they will also be suspended for 90 days. So that sets up kind of an interesting dynamic for tonight. And Trey basically covered it at the top of the show, saying that the key word here was current superstar. So like him, I was expecting someone like Arn Anderson or... Uh, well, probably won't be Ricky Steamboat. He's still out. But at least one of the legends to come out and do something about it. But uh, it didn't turn out to be that way. Well, so. I'll, I'll be real honest with you. When they said that the superstar, whoever interfered, would be banned for 90 days, I thought maybe somebody had a wellness violation. That could have been a possibility, too, and this was their way of writing him off of television. Um, that's a good point. That's how I would have done it. If you're going to have a wellness violation, that would have been the way to do it. Well, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, let's be fortunate that that's not the case, but you're right, that's a good way to have gotten rid of somebody had they had that happen. But I, I just by the way they worded it and the way they emphasized it, I, I thought, you know, the legends that are backstage, like Malenko and Arn Anderson and Sergeant Slaughter and some of these guys, you know, Jerry Lawler, you know, that, that all got jumped by Nexus, Surely they want to, you know, the competitive fire inside them wants to get revenge, you know, and I thought what better way, you know, than to have, I mean, because Nexus has not been, other than tonight, Nexus has not been challenged. They've not been really, um, they've not really been handed the short end of the stick. They've come out on top every time, and I thought, you know, going into the pay-per-view, especially with Wade Barrett not getting that final spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match, what a great way to kind of even the odds going into the, sh- into the pay-per-view 
than to have some of the older guys come out and get their, you know, their revenge on Nexus with John Cena. You know, let Cena do most of the work, but let them have their moment. I mean, this is a company that loves to shit on itself and to shit on its history and its past. Uh, they love to shit on their present. I mean, when they had Jim Ross, anytime they were in Oklahoma, they screwed him over somehow and embarrassed the hell out of him. You know, they do this to a lot of the superstars when they're in their hometown. You know, they, 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 they had Nexus run right over their legends and make them look pathetic. At least throw them a bone and let them have one night where with John Cena and even they could even have the, the, the ending with Seamus, you know, as, 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 you know, the older guys and John Cena are starting to, you know, be overcome by the numbers and of Nexus. Let, let Seamus clear the ring with a steel chair. Let Cena and Seamus with chairs in the middle of the ring be the last thing you see. But give the old guys a bone and let them have their chance. Well, you know, the whole uh, getting embarrassed in your hometown is a rite of passage. They've been doing that for years, whether it was Lawler in Memphis or JR in Oklahoma City. It's, it's just always been the way they do things in that company. Well, I can tell you firsthand that JSK and I were in the second row the night that Jim Ross had to kiss Vince's ass and The Undertaker turned into a heel. That one shocked us. I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> Were you close and enough to smell Vince's ass? Here. Um, one thing you're talking about, uh, Trey, about shitting on their past. Um, we had the discussion last week about Ric Flair's chops being banned in the WWE because they didn't want to associate themselves since Ric Flair's in TNA. But then again, later on uh, in Raw, they did a Money in the Bank recap of the past matches. And there was Jeff Hardy, who just main-invented a TNA pay-per-view last night. Yeah, that didn't make a whole lot of sense, but as the promo went on, I thought to myself, this is also their way of saying, well, you got the guy that we beat and took the belt off of. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, too. So, you know, they, they showed Jeff Hardy, you know, getting beat in a negative connotation. So in that particular uh, vernacular, it worked. But the fact that they even put him on television to me was a little strange, to say the least. Yeah. It was kind of strange. And um, speaking of titles, uh, we did have a non-title match for our first match tonight, uh, Alicia Fox against Gail Kim. And I was surprised. This was a pretty good Divas match. I wasn't expecting much, but the Divas did deliver pretty well. And Alicia Fox ends up winning with the axe kick. And, uh, of course, we got a stare down between Eve and Alicia after the match took place. And the GM buzzes in and gives us our time-killer match of the pay-per-view, as even Alicia will have a rematch for the Divas title due to uh, Alicia faking injury last week on Monday Night Raw. So that's going to be well, your bathroom here's where, in the main events. Here's, here's where my notes begin. I told you that all my notes had to do with Diva action, basically, tonight. Alicia Fox, Alicia Fox I, maybe it's just me, but she looks really stiff and really sloppy in the ring. They've got to get this belt off of her at the pay-per-view. It was nice. It was, you know, hey, look, anything can happen. But Eve wasn't pinned to lose that belt. And Eve is so smoking hot. And she's getting better in the ring. And I've got a note here for Eve. It just looks like, am I wrong or does it just look like she smells good? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's in my notes. Uh, I'm sure she does, Trey. Wow. I'm just saying, she looks like 
she smells good all the time. She's hot. She needs to have the belt back. She was doing great. I mean, you remember, J.J., what I said a long time ago that she eventually would be a Diva champion or would be our next Diva champion, and she was at that point in time. Man, if you're Gail Kim, speaking of that match, and I know that TNA is TNA, and I know the WWE is the WWE, but think back to when Gail was in knockout division, she was on top by leaps and bounds, she was the number one knockout in that division. And look at where she is now. I mean, she had a three-minute squash match with a diva champion. It's so sloppy, she's hard to watch. And this is the first time you've... When was the last time you saw Gail Kim? It's been a while. I mean, I hope... And again... I'm not in a position to talk about anybody's finances or what somebody should do to earn their paycheck. But if you're Gail Kim, goddamn, I hope and pray that they wrote you a big fat check to leave TNA and come back to the WWE because that's the only thing that could keep you happy compared to, you know, the work rate that she's getting. Right. Well, if it counts for anything, I always thought Gail Kim smelled like a papaya. But enough of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, up next, we have a match that baffles me. They have the Hart Dynasty against the Usos for the Tag Team Championship at Money in the Bank. But they have a six-man tag here tonight between them and Usos and Tamina, with, of course, Natty Nightheart, or Natalia, if you will, on the side of the Hart Dynasty. And, of course, they tried to have this match two weeks ago, and it didn't end up happening due to the Usos jumping the Hart Dynasty. But we get it tonight. But I don't know about you, but I'm kind of tired of seeing this match either take place or not take place each and every week. I mean, this is not really the way to build up a match for a pay-per-view, because now it just seems like a throwaway. You know, it just seems like we've seen this all before, but, ooh, the titles are on the line now, so I'm supposed to care about it. And more, I really don't. And well... And more importantly than that, Josh, what's up with my boy D.H. Smith getting getting pinned every time the Hart Dynasty loses? You notice that too, huh? What's up with that shit? Well, this is a this is this is this is a this is a, this is the the WWE way. If I can spit it out, shit. This is the WWE way. I mean, the reason that you're sick of seeing this is because they're running it in the ground with the Usos getting one up on the Hart Dynasty every time, you know, be it, you know, backstage, be it a run-in after their match, be it on the way to the ring for their match, you know, and then tonight in a clean finish, you know, they basically got one up on the champs again, and then now you're going into the pay-per-view where the heroes, the, the Hart Dynasty, are up against all odds, you know, can they finally get back, and regroup and beat the Usos. I think it's a pay-per-view. We'll do our predictions later. But I think it's a pay-per-view. The Hart Dynasty will prevail. But in my notes, I've got that Natalia, you know, I know she's the ring candy for the Hart Dynasty, but you talk about a girl that needs to be involved in the women's division. I mean, right now with Beth Phoenix, where is she? Is she hurt or is she fired? She's hurt. She's hurt. Okay. Well, with Beth Phoenix being gone and hurt, right now they, they need to have Natalia in that, 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 that diva title chase. She needs to at least be in the chase for that belt. 
if not the person holding that belt, to give it some credibility. I mean, she has, I know she's got a role to play with the Hard Dynasty, and that's fine, but she could still be the WWE Diva champion and come to the ring with the two of them. But as far as talent goes and wasted opportunities, Gil Kim's a waste, number one. I don't know if, you know, somebody backstage has just decided that she's not worth a shit, and the only reason they paid her was to get her off TNA television. But right now, the second biggest waste in that division is Natalia just walking down to the ring with the Hart Dynasty. Amen to that. And uh, while Trey was talking, I came up with uh, a possible idea, far be it to me to speculate, as to why D.H. Smith is the one always getting pinned. Um, out of all those people in that match, who was the one who violated the wellness policy when he first came to the company? Now, WWE has known to do this before, where they have dragged out punishment. I mean, look at Triple H for the Madison Square Garden incident. So, you oh, know, yeah. This, oh, this yeah. could be a punishment for D.H. Smith for violating the wellness policy way back in, uh, what was that, 2008? Well, you yeah, might... this reeks of the Triple H punishment, I'll give you that. Well, then, if that's the case, then uh, I guess you could make the same point for John Morrison, who seems to be getting his ass kicked and jobbed out every other week on Raw. Let's not forget he's had a couple wellness violations under his belt. Yeah, that could be true. But you never know. It could just be coincidence. Uh, but up next, we had um, Ted DiBiase coming out for a segment with Maurice. And uh, he says that they are the million-dollar couple, but they're, he's referring to himself and the Money in the Bank briefcase. Maurice gets a little ticked off about it, and Ted said he'll shower her with gifts once he wins the uh, Money in the Bank and shower himself with the biggest gift of all, and that's the WWE Championship. And speaking of Mr. Wellness Policy Violation himself, John Morrison, he comes out and makes probably the line of the night which I can't believe they got away with on a PG rating. But he told that uh, Maurice shouldn't uh, waste her time getting a shower from Ted DiBiase because it's known that the French don't take showers. Which is great because I can't wait to listen to the Pro Wrestling Rewind this week when Andy Knowles plays that clip over and over again because he's got a beef against, you know, those French-Canadian girls. Hey, I'd take a shower with her. (laughs) No shit, right? Uh, but, yeah, look forward to that on Pro Wrestling Rewind. I'm sure Andy will do, as you say, play the hell out of that. Uh, now, this was, this, was a, this, was a segment, this was a segment that I could do without, to be honest with you. To me, all this was was another way of parading Ted DiBiase and Maurice out in front of us, showing us that they're a couple again. Um, but John Morrison... And I, maybe I'm and maybe I'm by myself. We'll we'll pull the chat room as I say this, and you guys feel free to chime in. But you talk about a guy who shouldn't be talking if that's the best he can do. I don't know who wrote that, but that was about the dumbest promo. You know, I mean, that was just horrible, horrible, horrible. It does well, nothing to help bad. his character. I think that was bad. He had a promo with Skip Sheffield later on in the night that wasn't any better. Well, that served its purpose. I mean, the theme of the night was the Nexus group taking out all the people that tried to help Cena the week before, and I'm okay with that. And I'm even okay with the Skip Sheffield bumping into Morrison and saying, what'd you say? Well, he didn't say anything at all. 
you know, that's typical bully 101, you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, Morrison at least said, fuck it, if I'm going down, I'm going down swinging, you know, and tried to fight his way out of it, unlike Mr. Mayonnaise, who took off running, fella. You know, I'm okay with I'm okay with the backstage Morrison Nexus segment, and if you wanted to get Morrison on TV, they should have left it as that. I mean, when it comes down to it, and we talk about this Money in the Bank ladder match, does anybody consider John Morrison or Ted DiBiase literally contenders to win that damn thing? I don't think so. You know, I mean, you got Randy Orton, you got Edge, you got Jericho in the match, those are your three contenders. Those are the Vegas odd winners right there. You know, I don't need to be reminded that Ted DiBiase and John Morrison are in that match by having a segment out in the ring where Morrison's best promo is, you said you smell like a wildebeest, platypus, duckbill, suck my cock, what? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I just did a shake my head when I heard that. I, that was just horrible. And I thought to myself, you know, you're supposed to be so cool and, you know, with the entrance and the John, the, the Jim Morrison playoff and the, you know, that's, that's really out of character for somebody who's supposed to be a 70s throwback that's, you know, molded in the image of the, the great Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison, the rock star, would have said something cool. He wouldn't have said shit like that. That's a good point. Yeah. It is a very good point. Um, but up next, we have a uh, pointless segment, um, in my opinion. It's a Brady Bunch WWE style. And I don't know, a lot of people in the chat seem to like it. Um, I don't know. I just didn't really get into the comedy all that much. But Regal getting bitch slapped for referencing the Partridge family was pretty funny, though. I have to hand it to him for that. You know, I'm sitting back watching Raw with Harmony, and we're both looking back and forth at each other thinking, what in the hell are they thinking with this whole Brady Bunch thing? In my opinion, the WWE should get rid of the wrestlers, get rid of the ring, and do a Saturday Night Live comedy skit every week because that's what this is basically becoming. And I'm starting exactly. I'm, I'm starting to get a little agitated at the ridiculous Sorry? shit. Well, okay, I've been agitated for a while, but it's really grating on my nerves. Well, I mean, how many times? And I and I said this. Back before we were future endeavored over at the other place. How many times are we going to have a general manager and have a skit backstage with the following? Santino, Kozlov, Kali, and Regal. If it was not for the guest general manager, those four guys would be without a, would be without a job. Probably so. Because that's all they do. That's all they've done for months. Other than the fact Carly was going to retire, and then he came back, he was going to go home and find himself, and then all of a sudden he found himself before he had to go home and decided to stay. You know, the only piece missing tonight was Rungeon. I understand the Brady Bunch thing, the, 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 the little Brady Bunch promo with all the wrestlers in the Brady Bunch box looking around at each other and shit. Okay, funny ha-ha, that was good. But to have a match with those guys, to even waste television time to the point that they ran over so long tonight, 
because they had a bunch of useless shit during the night. You know, Kozlov didn't even get in the match. Goldust didn't even get in the match. You know, what's the point in parading these freaks out there? What, they couldn't find a jabroni backstage. They had to bring back Doink the Clown. They couldn't find some jobber back there that wasn't doing nothing. Hell, they didn't even use Kozlov and Goldust in the match. Why did they just make it a tag team match? I agree. You know what? At least those guys made a paycheck just standing there doing nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's okay. That's cool. But, I mean, and TV time is great. But I, I just, I, things that make you go, hmm, I don't know. I mean, and again, I don't want you to set up another wrestling program and hear a bunch of people bitching all night long. Because we're not going to bitch all night long. But when it comes to something so stupid, sometimes you can't find the silver lining. It's just tucked way too deep. And, I, and, and, and of all people, I mean, she wasn't even promoting anything. There was no, she's not in an upcoming movie. She's a, a TV mom from back when my mom and dad were kids. I think she was promoting a charity she's not, tray. She was promoting what? She was promoting some charity, and I can't remember what it was, but... She was, well, they did a great job of promoting it because I can't tell you what the hell it was. Well, the, the ring announcer had actually said something about it uh, when he introduced well, her when she did the the guest ring announcing bit. He actually promoted it. Yeah, so I, I I can't remember exactly what it was. I mean, you're talking about a company that won't even bring out legends because they're afraid that people don't know who they are but they're going to parade a TV mom from the 1960s out there as a guest manager and we're supposed to give a shit? No, I agree, I mean, man. come on. That's right. It's, it's things that make you go, hmm, or in tonight's case, things that make you go, hmm. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there. Yeah, and when that happened, the whole in thing, I was expecting a Scrabble reference, but we didn't get one. Or at least a, a Scattergories reference. But up next, we have our sub-main event for tonight. Um, Edge taking on Randy Orton. And the uh, match was decent. Uh, but Edge pulled out the old edge of matic to get the pin on Randy Orton after Chris Jericho distracted him. And uh, after this comes a phenomenal sequence, which was the highlight of the night. Jericho nails a code breaker on Edge. Randy Orton turns and now hits an RKO on Jericho. And Evan Bourne hits the ring and kicks Orton in the head, goes on top for Airborne, and in mid-move, what Tony in the chat dubbed earlier, Randy Orton hit the shooting star KO and knocked Evan the fuck out. That was beautiful. That that was reminiscent of the time he did the, uh, what was it they called it? Uh, it was another variation of the RKO from the, uh, from the turnbuckle. I guess Shelton Benjamin had jumped at him, and he jumped up in the air and connected with the RKO. And to well, me, this just to me was uh, to me this whole sequence and this match was the only reason to watch Raw. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I don't know if I don't know if Vince mailed it in tonight because he was afraid of the home run derby on ESPN or what. But if I didn't watch Raw tonight, and we've got a pay per view on Sunday that is a new pay per view. First time ever, it's been called Money in the Bank. 
you know, you you didn't need to see tonight's show to want to buy that pay-per-view. It had nothing to do with anything. So in the grand scheme of things, you know, usually you want to watch Raw every week to maintain storyline issues and know what's going on. You could have totally missed tonight's show and been okay. You didn't miss anything other than the highlight of the night, which was a shooting star RKO. And the match that led to that. I mean, the Randy Orton and, and, and Edge match was amazing to me. It was a breath of fresh air. It was like the white stuff on the top of chicken shit, although that's still chicken shit. You know, it was, it was a moment that stood out amongst a bunch of trash for damn sure. Knowing that your main event's a six-on-one squash, and that's what you eventually got was a six-on-one squash. This was an amazing moment tonight on Raw, and the only thing worth watching. I agree. Wholeheartedly. Yeah, and, um, well, if you did miss tonight's Raw, you would have missed one thing, and that's who was replacing R-Truth in the Raw Money in the Bank. And, honestly, earlier today, I was actually thinking who would be a great replacement, and kind of like almost like ESP brainwaves were going between me and Stanford, Connecticut. It actually happened. Uh, Miz came out to set up the uh, revealing of this person by talking about R-Truth and his loss of his spot at Money in the Bank. The Raw GM interrupts and says that Miz will now fight R-Truth's opponent, and it's Kool-Aid Mark Henry. And, um, of course, we start to get kind of a match out of this, but in the end, it was just Miz beating down Mark Henry, including throwing garbage on him. And... uh, I don't know about you, but who else thought that when Henry hit the uh, GM podium, that thing was going into the front row? Hey, I guy- was literally fearful for the people who had ringside seats there tonight. Hey, guys, uh, one, you guys continue on. I'll be back in just a second, okay? So well, the first thing I was afraid of was we'd lost our raw general manager because I thought the laptop was going into the front row, but they conveniently unplugged it before that match took place. Now, I kind of want JJ to be around for this, but I'll go ahead and start it without him. You know, again, tonight was a show that you could have missed leading up to this Sunday's pay-per-view. If you get the pay-per-view, you're not losing anything. You're not in the dark about anything other than who replaces our truth. And with that being said, with Mark Henry being the guy, The Miz basically fucked him up, took him out of the picture tonight. What makes me think Mark Henry's a contender for money in the bank when the Miz just made him look like a punk. You know, Very to me, it's, it's all about how you book and where you place things. And to me, knowing that the, the knowing that there's not going to be a run-in on the John Cena match, knowing that it's going to be basically a six-on-one squash They should have done that in the place of the Randy Orton edge match, the top of the hour, second main event. Then let Sheamus turn on Cena and lay him out with the chair after they've gotten rid of the Nexus to show the point, hey, I came to clear the ring of Nexus, but I'm still not your boy, and we're still going to have a match to pay-per-view. All right. That gets you excited about the pay-per-view. That gets you excited about the cage match. Because John Cena, again, has been laid out by Sheamus, you know, 
with the Nexus somehow being involved. Okay, so you do that there. Then, in your actual main event spot, you have the match that was between Edge and Randy Orton. Then you have Randy Orton leave the ring. You go to commercial. You come back, and instead of having technically a match be the last thing you see on Raw, Glenn, it reminds you that we are setting up the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. We're setting up the Money in the Bank Raw ladder match. That's the focus. That's where we got to go. Okay, that's where we're going to. With that being said, you go to commercial, you come back. The viewer, myself, UJP, JJ, the listeners in the chat room, the listeners not in the chat room that are just listening, and there's plenty of them out there. When you come back from commercial, after you've already had your main event, and the Miz walks down to the ring unannounced and cuts his promo, if you take from what he said in his promo, that was the, the best promo the Miz has ever cut. Because he finally said something legitimately correct. You know, all you other guys are out here talking about how you're a two-time Money in the Bank winner. You got all this experience. You know, you got all this experience as former champions. You know, I've never been the world heavyweight champion, and I'm out here leading by example. I'm letting my actions speak for me. I'm taking people out. I'm actually physically doing something besides coming to the ring and running my mouth. You know, have, have the Miz cut his promo and then have the general manager blink in and then Michael Cole says, okay, the, the person taking the place of our truth is Mark Henry. Mark Henry comes to the ring, the Miz demolishes him, gets on the microphone and says, is that the best you got? Again, here I am. The, the, you know, the guy that nobody thinks has got a shot to win, but I'm out here leading by example. I'm physically taking people out. Everybody else is a bunch of talk, talk, talk. And then have Randy Orton come back down and RKO the Miz, have Edge come out, try to spear Randy, have Jericho come out. Then let everybody involved in the match come out and get involved as we fade to dark, setting up the Money in the Bank ladder match. It makes for a much better ending Raw than Sheamus and Cena with steel chairs running off the Nexus after a six-on-one squash match. Yeah, I, I totally agree there. I mean, it's obvious that they're putting this Money in the Bank ladder match at the forefront of this pay-per-view. And honestly, as of uh, so far, they really haven't given a shit about Sheamus being their WWE champion. I mean, hell, tonight... He wasn't even holding uh, the belt. Yeah, he wasn't even holding the belt, and he ran away from the Nexus instead of standing up and looking for John Cena. And I understand that Cena's been trying to get into his head and uh, trying to get him over to his side to help battle the Nexus, but where is the heel that we're supposed to have in Sheamus? I could have sworn that the ending they were doing was that Sheamus went to Cena's locker room to get confidence in Cena that he was on his side, only to turn on him after he cleaned out the Nexus. But instead, we faded the black, as you said, with the two of them just holding chairs and being all buddy-buddy. And Michael Cole tries to cover it up by saying that, uh, you know, they're friends tonight, but they're going to be enemies at the pay-per-view. I'm sorry, but if you're going to be in a steel cage match, all right, one of the most brutal matches you could have in wrestling or in 
WWE's terms these days, one of the most softcore matches you can have in a PG rating. Why would you be friends with your opponent six days from a steel cage match? It makes absolutely zero sense to me. And if it's come to the point, if it's come to the point where you're being put into a cage, there's no way in hell you have any feelings towards your opponent that make you want to go alien and be an alias with the guy and help him overcome a six-on-one beating six days before he gets in the cage. If I'm in a cage with somebody in six days, and they're out there getting their ass whipped by six people, if I'm going into a cage, if it's gone so far between us that we have to fucking do this in a cage of all places, then I have no love for you. I have no desire to help you. I want to see you broken in half. I damn sure am not going to come to your aid swinging a steel chair to try to help you clear the ring of six guys trying to pick you off before you climb in the cage with me. Exactly. And you make another good point, too. What have John Cena and Seamus done to warrant this going as far as it has to have a steel cage match? Well, if I remember correctly, the they didn't have the steel cage match. Well, the reason for the cage match is this. Shane, like Cena said, is a two-time champion. The first time he won it because Cena fell through a table on his own. The second time he won it was with the Nexus help. He has not one-on-one defeated anybody for that belt without interference or bad luck and bad timing. So with the Nexus trying to get to Cena at all costs, it only makes sense to put it in a cage so they can't get to him, in theory. In theory, yes. But we do know that there's a good possibility that the Nexus is still going to storm the ring and find a way into that cage. Even if they have to scale it from the outside, they're going to get in. They're going to interfere. Just my guess, though. Well, I mean, that's, that's what they're leading us to believe. And like I said, again, I don't want to be the guy that says I know it all and this is the way it should be all the time and how they screwed up. But if you're selling us on the Money in the Bank ladder match as being the focal point for that pay-per-view, and you are by putting that much talent in one match, then you've got to put the six-on-one Cena match at the midway point of the show. And at the end, instead of fading the black, you just let Sheamus take Cena out with a chair shot and then walk to the ramp and be gone. Fade the black, go to commercial, come back, and go on about business as usual. Then your main event, before you go off the air, is your Edge-Orton match. You fade to black, go to commercial, come back with the Miz. Then they introduce Henry as the main, as the new guy in the truce place. You have the Miz beat down Henry. Again, cut another brilliant promo like he did tonight, saying again, I'm the only one out here physically taking people out. Everybody else is full of bullshit and hot air. All you guys are doing is talk, talk, talk. And then one by one... Let your ladder match participants come down after Orton comes down and puts the RKO on the Miz. The Edge, then Edge comes out and tries to spear Orton. Jericho comes out and get involved. You know, Airborne comes out and tries to get involved. You get your guys in there that way and fade the black with them beating the hell out of each other. That makes me want to buy the pay-per-view. Not seeing Sheamus and Cena standing in there buddy-buddy with steel chairs six days before they climb in a fucking cage. I would agree. Yeah, definitely. 
But with that being said, that wraps up the uh, Raw recap. Uh, there were two matches, the Brady Brunch, Brady Bunch Brawl, excuse me, and the 6-on-1 Handicap match left, and we've already covered those throughout the uh, Raw recap. So that wraps it up. So letter grades, gentlemen. Um, tonight, I would probably say uh, it was pretty much a C show for me, uh, but at the end, it just killed it. So I'm just going to say C-. minus. I won't go into a D, but... This definitely, as Trey said, did not make me want to buy this pay-per-view. May want, may make me want to stream it, but definitely not buy it. Um, so C minus. Trey. JJ. Okay, well I'll go next. Um, I I would have to go with uh, honestly a C. I would have given it a C plus, based on the fact that uh, you know the shooting RKO was probably the the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. But I, I got to go with it with a C. Straight up, I, I this to me was not a very good go home show. It just wasn't. Well, the reason I wanted you to go after Josh is because I knew where I was going to go, and I knew where I was going to go. Excuse me, is a totally different place than both of you. Basically, I look at this show like this: we're six days away from a brand new pay per view that you're trying to get over as a yearly event. We're six days away from Sheamus and Cena in a steel cage for the title. We don't know what the Nexus is doing because Wade Barrett did not get the final spot. So the Nexus doesn't even have a role at the pay-per-view. We don't know what their purpose for being at the pay-per-view is going to be. That's your hottest storyline right now, and you did nothing to further that storyline. You did everything in your power to detract from that by having them tuck tail and run from Sheamus and Cena, the one match that you expected them to somewhat get involved in, but now whose side would they be on? Nobody's, because both guys just pissed them off and ran them away with steel chairs. So now you can't even bank on the fact that they're going to try to interfere on Sheamus's behalf because he just pissed them off. All right? So with that being said, you got your ladder match, that really, I could care less about at this point. You did nothing to leave me wanting more on the fact that you got seven or eight guys in a ladder match. And, and it just it it makes no sense the way tonight's show was booked. Other than the the, the Edge Orton match with the uh, amazing spot between Evan Bourne and Randy Orton. Tonight didn't even make me want to use the energy required to go find a free stream. I'm giving the show a complete F. And the reason is, they did nothing to promote the new pay-per-view. They did nothing to make me want to see Cena and Sheamus in the steel cage. And the bread and butter of the pay-per-view, the Money in the Bank ladder match, they kind of forgot about. So to me, it was just a show that, you know, if you didn't see it, you weren't missing nothing because they're going to replay that Randy Orton moment and all of his montages from here until the end of his life. And then some. You know, it was a Shawn Michaels, Shelton Benjamin moment. Other than that, tonight was worthless. Completely freaking worthless. Period. 
I'm just waiting for the WWE to get their own television network like they've been wanting to do. That way they can give Santino Morella his own fucking show and we'll never see Santo in the WWE rings again because he'll have his own sitcom with Kozlov and Regal and Goldust and Yoshitatsu and probably Doink the Clown and all these other characters that are continuously put in an angle with Santino. And I think that's really what's going to happen, to be honest. As soon as they get their network, he's going to have the Santino Morella show. So good for him. Well, they, they, they got to do something. I mean, I, and I, I, I want to save this for the next segment. I'm going to, I guess I'm going to unleash the dog coming up after the break. But I, to me, it's funny how everybody dogs on TNA, they, you know, would rather dog on TNA the Burger King. They'd rather dog on TNA than get laid. They'd rather dog on TNA than have Christmas. It's the cool thing to do on every fucking radio show out there nowadays. But I got to be honest with you, when it comes to booking the show towards the pay-per-view, TNA did a brilliant job of doing that on Thursday, and they taped it three weeks ago. WWE was locked tonight and still dropped the ball. But yet, because they're the WWE, they get a free pass? I don't think so. To me, the WWE is struggling. Raw, I can't speak for SmackDown because I, I, I see it and I don't. I see it and I don't. I don't see superstars because I don't get WGN. So... My main thing is Raw, and it's the flagship of the company. I, 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 I dare a, a caller to call in and tell me what Raw is doing that is so much greater than anything TNA is doing, but yet TNA is the laughing stock of wrestling. If you, if you do, if you call in... You better have a good opinion, because I'm going to clown you. I'm in that mood, and I just wasted two hours watching Raw, and it was completely fucking pathetic. And I know that we come on here on this show of all shows, and we try to find the good things about wrestling. And I don't want to be over-analytical like some people. I'm at the point now where the gloves are getting ready to come off in the next segment. So stick around. It's going to get interesting. The Trade Dog Unleashed. Lovely. Can't wait. Well, Josh, is there anything you want to plug before we let you go, my friend? Uh, sure, two things. First one, as always, the Raw Recap is brought to you by The Wrestling Den, one of the best columns you can read on from headlocks to headlines.com, the official news source of the Sunday Night Showdown radio network. And the second thing is, I have a special announcement for you guys. This is the second Wrestling News Live I have done since you brought me aboard where I did not job the Skype. So Skype, Yay. suck it. <laughs> I, too, have a uh, special announcement to make before the end of the show. And I do want to say thank you to Josh for doing a great job with the recap on Raw. I'll be honest with you, Josh. I know this is, uh, in the wrestling business, we call this a shoot. 
I actually, after the first couple of times, told JJ, I said, man, I don't know if this is going to work. This is taking too long. It's not doing any, it's not sounding right. But you have got your shit together, my friend. And you have come to the table and delivered yet again. And I personally want to thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you, Trey. I deeply appreciate that. And with the mood I'm in tonight, I don't just throw out kudos to everybody, my friend, but you have definitely earned it, and you're a, a welcome addition and a welcome member of the Wrestling News Live family. Well, I'm very honored to be here, Trey, and I thank you for having me a part of the family. It's been a lot of fun so far, and I will continue to have fun doing this. So make sure you check out the column and the website because Josh is working Real hard on the column and the website. And again, from headlocks to headlines, is still, to me, I know there's a lot of news sites out there. We use a couple. We use WrestleZone as well. But I love the format on that website. I don't have to click a bunch of shit and click back, click forward, click back, click the link, click back. It's all right there in front of you. Just scroll down with the wheel on your mouse, and you're good to go. All right, Josh. Again, thank you so much, man. You're awesome. All right. Not a problem. Guys, have a great rest of the show. And, Trey, I won't blame you if you had a drink by the time you're done. Because I think you might. Oh, I've, already had a, <laughs> I've already had a couple, my friend. <laughs> Even more interesting. All right, Josh. We'll, I'm uh, telling you. I'm telling you. And I haven't talked to JJ about this. I'm telling you all right now that it's time to put the women and children to bed because the dog's looking for dinner in the next segment. Wow. In the next segment, I'd actually had something planned. We were going to have Nick from WrestleZone come on and talk the news. Well, you know what? Let's do that then. We'll do that. We'll do that. But I And, and, and I, I'm glad that we've got Nick tonight. But I just have this... Built up frustration, and you know it's been a long time since the dog has let off his leash, and and it's just it's time, it's time. All right, we'll look for that after our, our segment with Nick. Apparently, uh, Trey is just going to be off the leash tonight, so who knows what Trey is going to say? Definitely stay tuned. And I wish, I wish I had the chat room open in front of me, and I planned to if I hadn't had to deal with my dad. But I, I don't mean it in a bad way dealing with my dad, but I'm I'm glad to do it, but. You know, I was going to open up the chat room because I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm open to anybody who wants to call in later on the show and tell me what Raw is doing that is so spectacular when it comes to wrestling that makes TNA such a laughingstock. Sorry, I stepped away for a second. What were you saying? I, I'm, I'm uh, issuing the challenge for any time after we get done with Nick so the listeners have plenty of time to get their shit together if they want to call in and, and tell me why I'm such an idiot. But I want to know what Raw is doing, or the WWE in general, but basically Raw. What is Raw doing that is so spectacular that TNA is a laughingstock, that makes TNA a laughingstock? Well, Trey, to put it to you this way, at least the WWE isn't saying they have a big announcement that's going to rock the foundations of professional wrestling and can't deliver on anything that they ever promised. But that's just for starters. Well, you got to understand, though, it depends on the eye of the beholder. 
when they said that about Sting at that time, that was a big thing for them, getting Sting. Um, when it comes to Hogan and Bischoff, that was a huge deal. They went to Monday nights. I'm still not cool with the fact that they tucked their tail and went to Thursdays again so quickly. But you know what? I don't work for the company. So those were two times that they said it, that they actually delivered. The third was supposed to be Heyman. That hasn't happened yet. It's not going to happen. Well, money talks. Bullshit walks. Yeah, he wants 25 to $30 million and control of the company. Realistically, it ain't going to happen. Well, I doubt that it does, but, you know, like I said, what did I say they needed to do if they wanted to get Paul Heyman? And I said this long before he ever, ever stepped in the picture. I said, Dixie needs to write a check with her name on it and nothing else. And say, okay, you fill in the books. What's it going to take to get you over here? And there's more than one reason why I say they should do that. You know, a lot of people are going to say, well, why would they do that? Heyman's not the answer. It's been 20 years since he was, you know, 10 years, 15 years since he was successful in the business. Well, yeah. But at this point, he's all they got left. They won't do anything new. You know, I mean, wrestling is a repetitive business. But we'll get into all that later on. Yeah, with that said, let's go ahead and take our first commercial break. We'll come back with uh, Nick from WrestleZone, run down the news of the week, and uh, later on, me and Trey might actually be duking it out. I don't know. It's it's a strange thing happening tonight. It, it could absolutely go down. Who knows? Maybe we'll have to future endeavor each other on this show. I have no idea what's going to happen, so definitely stay tuned to a, a very interesting and, uh, well, that's all I can say, an interesting Wrestling News Live tonight. We'll be right back with more Wrestling News Live. You are listening to Wrestling News Live. Not getting enough TNA wrestling? It's time to join TNA Video Vault. TNA Video Vault gives you access to over 300 hours of TNA programming, including every pay per view and DVD ever released as well as other exclusive TNA programs. Get unlimited viewing access for as little as $4.17 per month. Go to TNAVideoVault.com to get started today. I have voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. Since 1996, audio wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. 
this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain, and I'm on Planet Jarrett right now, listening to Wrestling News Live. JJ's His charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... J.J. The most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library, and it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. Welcome back to Wrestling News Live with your host, JJ Sexy and the Trade Dog. All right, guys, we're back. Wrestling News Live, JJ Sexy. The Trey Dog. Trey, are you still with me? Yes, I am with the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> you absolutely are. Got to gotta give props to Trey Dog for making that uh, <laughs> that awesome new little uh, commercial there. Thanks, Trey. Appreciate that. You've got, one, you've got one coming later on tonight, I do believe. Yeah. Uh, but at this time, we are actually being joined by uh, the one, the only... Nick from WrestleZone going to talk a little bit of news of the week. So uh, with that said, it's time to get in the zone with WrestleZone. Nick, how's it going, man? Not too bad, guys. Thanks for having me on the show again. It's always a pleasure. Hey, man. It's good to have you. So what'd you guys think? Uh, pretty good raw tonight. I actually gave raw a big fat F and went on a big nice rant. Oh, did you? I, I didn't hear that. I, you know, I mean, you don't have to go on it again, but... No, you know what I was really worried about is in light of this big Nexus angle, I was, I was thinking they probably wouldn't sell the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. But I thought they did a pretty good job of selling that tonight in the go-home show. 
Well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned with the Nexus thing, I mean, what have they done to make me want to buy the pay-per-view? I mean, they just chased Nexus out of the ring with steel chairs, and the two guys that were involved in the steel cage match, I mean, it, to me, they, they just squandered a great opportunity tonight. And what, what did they do tonight that makes me concerned with the Nexus going into Sunday? Well, it looks like, I mean, they're positioning, at least for me, the, it looks like they're positioning the Nexus to get involved anywhere. So I think the spontaneity, at least, is there in terms of will they get involved in the Money in the Bank match. You know, and, and John Cena was saying in the promo in the beginning, and this is one part of that promo that I didn't like when he said, um, you know, it's a steel cage match and no one can get in. Well, that's not true. I mean, anyone can climb the cage and get in, and that door opens as easily as a car door, so anybody can pretty much... I mean, they can involve themselves in that match if they want. Of course, they can involve themselves in the ladder match, and I'm sure they will somehow. So it will be interesting, I think, to see where they fit in, and, I, and I'm sure they will on Sunday. I don't think WWE can afford to drop the ball and not have them involve themselves some way in, in one of those two main events. Well, and let's not forget, not only can they climb the cage, get in through the door, but there's also, how many times have we seen on a WWE programming someone coming out from under the ring? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's, there's so that's to say, I mean, if it was a hell in a cell structure, sure, maybe you can't get in there. But getting into a cage match is very easy. Uh, and, you know, so to me, you know, unless Cena was putting that over to, to try to, to, to throw fans into thinking they can't get involved, um, which may have been a stupid thing to do, um, then, then there's, really no, there's really no logic to that because anybody can really get into that cage. And, and I think it's a well, foregone... Was, Go ahead, that, that, was my, that, was, that was my theory earlier was, you know, the hottest thing that they've got going right now is the Nexus angle. And they did everything in their power tonight to try to make you believe that, you know what, they're not going to be a problem at the, at the pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I will say I, I didn't like the fact that, you know, I, I liked that Nexus finally, you know, that they got that win over Cena tonight. But, I mean, really, what did it prove? It proved that it took six guys to beat him. I mean, that match really should have been over within two minutes. Um, and, and it really positions, what it does is, and this was my fear from the beginning with Nexus, is that it positions them to be strong as a group, but individually, who are they? Not one of them is really good enough to go against John Cena for longer than 30 seconds. That's what they showed in that main event tonight. Right, that's, that's exactly, that was exactly our point. We said, you know, these guys need to stand out and stand on their own two feet as individuals to make the group even stronger. Absolutely. And, and I agree with that as well. I mean, uh, you know, what last week we, we saw a great beatdown. John Cena, you know, delivering that beatdown to Darren Young. The week prior when John Cena had been beaten, or, or I guess a few weeks back when John Cena was beaten by all these guys. But tonight, I mean, they really couldn't hold their own in singles against John Cena. It, it just goes back to the fact that these are over-glorified rookies. And they're having this much of an effect on a seasoned roster, uh, you know, on Raw. I just, I don't get it. Well, that's why I think it's now important. You know, Wade Barrett keeps saying, you know, this is all some part of a bigger purpose that we have. 
I think it's time we figure that out now. You know, is there somebody at the helm of the Nexus group? Is there a, a veteran like a Chris Jericho who is, or maybe even a returning Triple H, which now those plans are probably scrapped uh, because we reported not too long ago that Triple H is injured again. Uh, and he, he, you know, he went through, uh, suffered some kind of an injury. It may have been on location for his new movie, but it was, uh, uh, had to do with a tendon in his arm, uh, and it could keep him out well after SummerSlam. So I believe those plans are probably scratched. Um, but do you guys think it's time right now for this higher purpose that they keep talking about to be revealed? I do. Oh, most definitely. I do, and in fact, I really think, and I might be the only person in the world that agrees with this, but I think that the guy that's going to be behind it when it's all said and done, and and <laughs> hear me out, it's Seamus. Despite the fact that he ran away from them tonight, Seamus has had really no interaction or contact with these guys. Even tonight when he went into the ring with the chair, still no contact with these guys. I, I totally think that they're going to interfere and have Sheamus hold that title, and we're going to move on to a SummerSlam program between, obviously, uh, John Cena and Wade Barrett that's going to be a non-title situation. But I really feel like Sheamus could be the guy that is behind this whole thing. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, at this point, I just think we're all hoping that it isn't Michael Cole. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's something about say, Michael Cole, too. I mean, you notice how the crowd is, is, is booing him so heavily every time he reads these, these GM announcements. I mean, there could be something behind that, you know? Um, I, it might just be that everybody hates Michael Cole. I'm sure that's what it is. But they really seem to be positioning Michael Cole as this, you know, he's the guy that keeps reading these emails. Why? You know, why isn't it Waller? Why is it a guy that they already, that the fans already love to hate? That's a good point. That's a good point. I, you know, I would like to see it go so far as the Nexus take Cena out. Let Cena take a break for a while and let them be, you know, responsible for taking him out to give them some, you know, power to show that they've actually accomplished something. But as far as, you know, what's their higher purpose, I, I said last week it was time for them to shit it off the pot. Here we are a week later. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more completely. I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's getting a little redundant now with the beatdowns. I mean, you know, you got these guys walking around backstage alone. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, um, um, so I, I think it's time to move this into a new direction. And who knows, maybe Sunday night, you know, some, something, some kind of forward progression will happen and we'll learn a little bit more because I, I completely agree with you. It's, it's shit or get off the pot time. Yeah, this angle's dragging well, Nick, on a bit long. You're you're right there with me and JJ as far as, you know, it's getting redundant. They do the same thing all the time. I mean, to me, if you got six or seven guys that are supposed to be, you know, terrorizing a, a veteran roster, I don't see why it's taking this long to get a group of guys together to whip their ass and cure the problem, but... I, I know that storyline, and that's the way they want to write it, but it's, it's time for them to reveal something to give us a little more than what we've been getting because it's getting old. Yep. I agree, guys. 
Well, Nick, what kind of headlines are making the news over at WrestleZone today? I know there's there was a couple big news stories. I know there's some TNA stuff, and I know Trey yeah. and I Trey, yeah. Trey and I are probably about to have a tete a tete after this segment, uh, going through WWE versus TNA. It's going to be interesting, uh, to say the least. Absolutely. The the big headline coming out of of TNA today. I mean, uh, I don't know. Well. There's a, there's a big headline coming out of the TNA tapings tonight, but I don't know if you guys uh, probably don't want to get into that because it reveals spoilers. I know not, a lot of the fans don't want to hear spoilers, so I'm not sure what your guys' policy is on, on getting into spoilers. Well, Trey's not real big on them, so uh, you'd have to ask Trey. Yeah, okay. So so we'll reveal that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that a secret, you know, for now. Uh, if you guys are interested, head over to WrestleZone. We've got the complete spoilers up right now. Uh, you can check out what happened to the tapings. But other than that, the uh, the big story coming out of TNA today is Dixie Carter sat down and had a meeting uh, with the talent today in which she told all of them that uh, their in-ring work needs to be tightened up because due to uh, uh, you know financial issues, uh, they're they're spending too much money editing wrestler mistakes in the ring uh, for TV. And so the guys need to focus. They need to tighten up their in-ring work so that the company can cut costs on editing. And that caused a pretty big backstage reaction from a number of guys. And uh, a couple of sources that I spoke with in TNA just thought that that was absolutely, that was the last thing they expected TNA uh, to be talking to them about at this meeting. Uh, and there were no mentions made of Paul Heyman's situation and whether or not he's coming into TNA. And a lot of the wrestlers right now feel like coming out of that meeting that they're being kept in the dark about everything. And that, you know, what they were told today was, was, was just not at all what they expected and not at all what they should have been told in this in, the, in these sort of trying times for TNA, so that's that's sort of the that's what's making the waves as far as TNA is concerned today. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if if you're a company and it's like TNA, and there's so many questions right now, and JJ brought up about you know all this major announcement that changed the foundation of TNA, and then you have a meeting with the boss and she wants to talk about the price of hot dogs at the concession stand. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You're right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's it. I mean, you know, Eric Bischoff was not at the the uh, the the pay per view on Sunday night. He's not at TV this week. Um, you know, and and there are a lot of questions right now that a lot of the the TNA guys have. You know, what ha- you know, the, people are reporting online everywhere. It's being reported that Dixie Carter's had several meetings with Paul Heyman. You know, the talent want answers to these questions. They want to know. What, what is the future of this business? Why is Eric Bischoff not at the tapings? Uh, what's the status of Hulk Hogan right now? Uh, what's going on with, with Paul Heyman? Have you met with Paul Heyman? Have you not met with Paul Heyman? And instead, <laughs> what's ironic about the whole situation is that Dixie Carter chooses to pick on the one thing that TNA probably does best, which is offer great in-ring wrestling. Agreed. I would agree with that. They're, you know, they're they're not all about the freaking entertainment sideshow shit, and they're not bringing people like Florence Henderson to the table to do a stupid sitcom idea with Santino Morella. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you know, so of, of everything that she could possibly say, that's what she nitpicks, that the, that the wrestlers, you know, uh, um, need to focus on the in-ring work. Now, listen, that might be true, and it might be something that they need to hear if it certainly is an issue. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of, I was be, I, what I was, from what I was told, there's just a lot of frustration mounting in TNA right now where the talent sort of feels like they're all working on a movie, but they don't know how it ends. You know, they, they have so many questions as to what is going on with the company right now that they feel like they need a leader in Dixie Carter who can come to them and provide some of these answers. I don't think she has the answers. I mean, I, I, I think the problem, with TNA, the problem with TNA right now is that, you know, she, God bless her for trying, I know that, She's a small business going up against a larger business, and she's got to do things to get people's attention. The first thing that needs to happen is that they need to take her computer away from her. Let her stop tweeting and make her stop doing Facebook and Twitter announcements because she's fucking herself by doing all that. And, you know, this, the problem that TNA's had from day one, and JJ and I talked about it a little while ago, is every major decision is going to shake the foundation of today forever. And, you know, if, that's the case, if it's true, then that's one thing. But don't make an announcement worldwide that you're going to make a huge announcement that's going to shake the foundation of the company before you have that sewed up and it's a done deal. It's like she was promoting Paul Heyman before they got him, and before he even, you know, had a chance to commit yes or no, they were promoting that they were going to get him and they were going to make a huge announcement about it. And to me, that's the biggest problem right now. Although, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, as a fan, that shouldn't be an issue with the common fan. It's only an issue to people who do news and wrestling radio shows. But... I mean, she just needs to keep her mouth shut until she's got all of her ducks in her before she goes making announcements about things that she doesn't have control over. Now, see, I completely agree with you. Here's the thing. I don't think when she was a little girl that her daddy read her the old story, The Boy That Cried Wolf. Because every time she gets a chance, she goes out there and tweets or Facebooks and talks about the wolf. Well, now that Desmond Wolf is there, that's not the wolf that means the big the, the big news, as it were. And she just keeps on crying wolf. And now nobody cares. And that's the problem well, with Jeff TNA. Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett's just as bad. I mean, I, I, I'm reading on, uh, you know, the news site this weekend that Jeff tweeted something about... I just had a big meeting with somebody. It was a huge meeting or something, and I'll tell you more later. I haven't heard anything since then. No, and he was providing all of these clues and hints, and 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 who knows? I mean, and and it's and and I, I couldn't agree with you more completely. You know, when you say cried wolf, I mean, there are, there are only so many times you can promise something big. And uh, it ends up being the, the, the tiniest uh, little present in a huge box before that's what I'm going to start expecting every time, you know. And, um, and, 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 I, and I think that that's starting, and that's bothering the talent even more because the talent has no idea. I mean, the talent is just in the dark 
as we are where these big announcements are concerned. And I think their position and their frustration right now is let us know what the hell is going on in this company. Because if you want us to get behind this product, we need to know what it is. Yeah, and, and the, the, the problem is, is that, you know, you, you said there's only so many things. Well, like I was telling JJ, the first time they said they had this major announcement that would shake the foundation of TNA, they did a special Saturday night show, and they brought in Sting. And that was back in the old days. And that was a big deal at the time. Okay, so I left that slide. That was a big deal. Sting was actually, you know, my favorite WCW guy, so it was good to have him in TNA. Then they said this next thing that was going to shake the foundation of TNA forever was bringing in Bischoff and Hogan. And again, I'll give them a pass because that is a big deal to bring those two guys into this company. It has not panned out yet, but again, I'll let that slide. You talk about things that are big announcements that would shake the foundation. There's only a couple other than, you know, a major WWE superstar jumping ship. The only two I can think of would be Paul Heyman or Goldberg. Those are the only two things that would make a difference in TNA that's out there right now. I, I know Goldberg's a, 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 a man, and, and to us, we would go, eh, but to the common fan that watches TNA and doesn't get into the rumors and the he said, she said, and doesn't have a clue about what Dixie's talking about on the Internet, that would be a big deal. Paul Heyman would be a huge deal. But the reason Paul Heyman would be such a huge deal is because this is a company that's cried wolf so many times that, you know, with Hogan and Bischoff not working out to the plan that they had, there's only one guy out there left that could change the face of TNA, and that's Kyle Heyman. Once they shoot that bullet, their gun's empty. I don't know, man. I, I think the only thing that can really save that company, and you talk about Goldberg, he, no, I don't think Goldberg would even. I don't think Goldberg would save the company. I don't think he'd draw a rating, just, to be honest. I'm just saying he would be a, he would be a surprise. He would be a big deal. Um, I mean, the news sites were flooded with the fact that he was even talking to the WWE again about a merchandise deal when he was talking about coming back, and then he was all over Twitter saying that, they don't want to give me what I want, so I'm not coming back. And it was a big deal when he was just talking to the company, let alone coming back. I mean, his WWE run was nothing to brag about, but I'm just trying to think of things that are out there that would warrant Dixie saying, I've got a major announcement, and I can only think of two. No, a major announcement from Dixie Carter that will change the face of TNA Wrestling would be that you signed Triple H to a contract, that you signed a guy like Batista to a contract. It wouldn't be Goldberg, and it sure as hell, like, like I said, Paul Heyman would be a good start. I don't think he's going into the company. I think they've been in talks. He wants what he can't have. They're not willing to give him, and honestly, he can make those demands because he, you know... He's fine where he is right now. He doesn't have to go back to wrestling, but if they want him that bad, then maybe they should give him the $25, 30000000 million he's asking for and complete Dana White control over the company. And by God, let him fucking run the company because the people that are running TNA now aren't doing a very good job. And make no mistake about it, I'm not a wrestling promoter. I don't run a wrestling promotion, and I probably shouldn't say stuff like that, but it's true. 
Well, I mean, that's, 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 that's the big thing about what Paul Heyman brings to the table. I mean, at some point, I, what are we, eight now, nine years in the making for TNA, eight years maybe? You know, at, at some point, Dixie needs to say, okay, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, we've done that, I've brought in Hogan, I've brought in Bischoff, I've done everything I know to do, and nothing is working. If I want to wash my hands of this situation and step away, I can do that, but then I've lost everything I've invested in this company. When there's one thing left that we haven't tried, you might as well sign the ship over to Paul Heyman and see what can happen. I mean, at this point, what do you have to lose? Well, look, you don't have to, I mean, you know, as far as you uh, uh, saying that, you know, you're not qualified to make a statement like that because you're not a booker, hey, I, I say go ahead and make the statement because you don't need to be a booker to realize if they are this aggressively going after Paul Heyman, I mean, it has been reported now at least a few times that Dixie Carter is aggressively going after Paul Heyman. That's got to tell you she does not have much confidence in her administration right now. This is a lame duck administration in TNA. If it was working, they wouldn't be going after Paul Heyman. But they are, and they are aggressively going after Paul Heyman, so something must not be working. And I think the problem is that there are too many chiefs in this group and there aren't enough Indians. You know, I think Dixie Carter is too afraid of letting go of the people that she hired. You know, it's, it, it, you've got Vince Russo who's booking, you've got Eric Bischoff, you've got Hulk Hogan. You know, who's got the power? How many different people are they bringing into this creative team? You know, if you look at the WWE side of things, the buck stops with Vince McMahon. You know, there are people that, that book and they throw those ideas out there, but nothing gets through without Vince McMahon's stamp of approval. And I think what's happening with Dixie Carter is she's hiring all these because she doesn't know how to do the job. She's not a booker. She's not a wrestling personality. So she's hiring all these people. And if I had to guess, and again, this is just my guess, I, I would have to think that, the, the, that somebody like a Heyman wants total creative control and she doesn't want to give it to him because she doesn't want to fire the people she's brought in. And, you know, and, and that's, I think, what it's going to take. I think you need to have that one ultimate authority that can step in and say, look, this is the direction that the product's going to go in. And I think right now it's just too scatterbrained with too many different ideas floating around, and you don't have that one person who's overseeing everything. No, I would agree. See, that was my that, that was what I was saying to JJ last week or the week before was the one thing TNA needs to sign to make this successful is a great big broom, and they just need to start cleaning house and getting rid of everybody that's made this thing not work since the the day they started. And if you have to make uh, you know if you have to fire a few people, then I can you fire a few people, you know. It's just the way the business works. You know, they need to get rid of everybody that, you know, is chirping into Dixie's ear. And you bring up a good point. On the WWE side of things, no matter what is thrown out there, it's at least done by the same booking crew every week, week in, week out, no matter what. 
and then it doesn't even make it to television or on front of a camera unless Vince okays it. Well, Bixie doesn't have the knowledge to okay that, so she puts people in place that are supposed to have that knowledge, and you got too many of those running around. you got Jeff Jarrett, Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff, Ed Ferreira, you've got Russo, you know, I mean, who who's the be-all, end-all? They need to get rid of all of them except for one guy. And like I said, with, with Paul Heyman, what's it going to hurt at this point in the game when you've tried everything else there is out there, what's it going to hurt to finally say, you know what, I'm tired of screwing around. If I want to be successful, i got to try everything before I top out. All right, Heyman, here's a check. Write in the blank. How much do you want? How much is it going to take? What's it going to take? It's all yours. Just make it happen. That's not going to happen, Trey. She's lost so much money on this product since day one that I, I you know, she, I, I'm sure she's rich, but I don't think they have an endless supply of money coming in. I don't know what kind of profit they're making on the product right now. It's better than it has been in a long time. But, you know, again, the main focus of the storylines is shifting into this group that's consisting of ECW wrestlers that were in their prime 10 years ago. And this is the you problem. Know, and the other thing is, yeah, absolutely. And I think and I think we even may have talked about this um, uh, the last time I was on the show. You know, the, the product could be as great as it is. Uh, it could be as great as it's ever been right now. But if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, does it make a sound? You know, nobody knows. TNA does not know how to make stars. You know, and that's what WWE is so good at. You know, uh, look at Brock Lesnar right now. This guy's going out and making UFC millions and millions of dollars, bringing in his WWE fame, you know. And, and, and no one knows about, you know, I remember... When SmackDown switched over to my network TV, I live in New York City, I could not walk, I couldn't go a block without seeing advertisements on buses, on cabs, on subways, on, on, on telephone booths advertising SmackDown. When, when TNA made that move from Impact from Thursday nights to Monday nights, aside from a big billboard that was in Times Square, which Times Square really only attracts tourists, not really people who live in the city, I didn't see any other advertisements. I, if I were a, a non-internet wrestling fan, I would have had no idea that, that, that Monday night was gaining a wrestling show. Would never have known. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I've been saying since day one. Is that instead of bringing all these people in and instead of worrying about who WWE has cut for me to sign or instead of worrying about Hogan and Bischoff or bringing in Mick Foley, or bringing in Jeff Hardy, or Ken Anderson, or RVD. That's all great, but unless you advertise on a station other than the one you're on, nobody knows. That's right. Yep. I don't know, I mean, man. I've been saying that since day one. I don't know, Trey. I, I you know, and I, maybe I'm just being too negative, but... I honestly feel like the name TNA really just doesn't hold anymore. It doesn't hold weight anymore. I, I almost feel like this promotion needs to fold and die, 
and then rise from the ashes as something else to be successful. I just don't know that TNA Wrestling can be a successful entity after all the pitfalls of the last eight years that they've had. I just don't think they're going to do it. Well, I mean, they're successful in their own right. I mean, they're, they're, they're on TV every week. They do have monthly pay-per-view. They need to scale back to, uh, you know, about four or five pay-per-views a, month, a year. But as far as success, they've gotten a lot farther than anybody ever gave them credit for. You know, and what company nowadays doesn't start out and have problems, you know, in growing pains? I, it's just, and you may be right. And, and, I, and I, I said all along that I thought TNA was a stupid name because to the non-wrestling fan like my father, I say, hey, I'm going to watch wrestling. What are you going to watch, TNA? Ooh, tits and ass. That's 99.9% of the time, that's what people say. You know, maybe, maybe they, the best thing they can do is to fold, take a month or two off, keep in the good graces of Spike TV, rename the program, rename the show, and give control to a guy like Paul Heyman. You know, you talk about Dixie's already spent so much money. Somebody like that with that kind of money would rather spend more money to fix the problem than they would just to, qu- to call it quits. It's like when you go into a casino and you're, you're, you're winning, you build up a pot, and then you lose it all on one hand, you don't just walk away. You reach into your wallet and you pick out 25 more dollars see if you can get your money back. Just like when you bet on football. You may lose a game on Sunday, but 90% of those people make a bet on Monday to see if they can cover their loss on Sunday. The same thing. She, she, you know, she, could, she could fold right now and say, you know, lesson learned, but with the kind of money she has and the money at her disposal, she's going to spend more money to fix that old sinking ship other than just let it sink into the ocean. She's going to plug a hole or two with more money. And at this point, she's done everything she can do to make the Internet wrestling community happy other than the one major thing that people have been asking for since, you know, the month that that company started, bring in Paul Hammond. I don't see why, at this point, with the kind of money she does have, why you wouldn't just go, okay, I've tried everything. I obviously don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Here, fix it. Well, I mean, that's the, I think that's the big question right now. Uh, it's, it's why isn't someone like Hammond accepting it, you know, and there was actually uh, an interview, I don't know if you guys noticed this, I, I posted a highlight from it over on WrestleZone, you can check it out, uh, Heyman did an interview with uh, Meltzer uh, uh, that was uh, posted up on the UK Sun where, I mean, he literally says in the interview, it's going to take 25 to $30 million to get me over to TNA. <laughs> yep. And, and, and that, you know, that's the only thing he's gone on record is saying publicly, who knows what his other demands are, you know? And if he has other demands, maybe it's just a, a situation where Dixie Carter is unwilling to, you know, maybe, maybe like you guys are saying, maybe those are his demands. I want to gut the company, you know? Get a big broom and sweep everybody out of there. Maybe that's the situation, and maybe Dixie Carter is saying, you know what, I'm not ready to commit to that idea. You know, I want to just bring you on and add you to the, the shit pile we've already got going on and hope that works out because I'm too afraid to break anybody's heart. 
Well, at this point, man, I just I, – I understand where Paul Heyman's coming from. I mean, if you're Paul Heyman and you've been on the outside watching this debacle since day one and you've seen them go through what they've gone through to get where they're at, and now they're coming to you and saying, hey, we want you to uh, come in and fix this problem. Well, I don't want to end up, you know, a turd in the same bowl. I want to flush this thing and start fresh so that at least if it succeeds, it's because of me. If it fails, it's because of me. I don't want to be hindering on the decisions made by other people that have been here for this amount of time and it obviously hasn't worked. Why would adding me on top of that make it work now? I don't know, man. Like like I said, I just I don't know about TNA. I, I feel like they've become the proverbial turd in the punch bowl. I, I just I don't know what else to say about them. I man, don't. That's the sad thing is that if you watch Impact on Thursday, you know every everything that was on TV led to the pay per view last night. Absolutely, and the pay per view was good they, last night. I did watch. I watched Impact this week. I honestly they felt did a great job. The show was great. It's been good. It's you know I I mean you got to remember we're talking about a profession that is a notch above carnies. <laughs> These are professional wrestlers, not Golden Globe actors. They're not part of the SAG Awards. They're not out there for the Academy Awards. You know these are professional wrestlers. You know and the show if you if you block out all the internet crap. All the news, sorry, Nick, but all the news and all the rumors, if you just sit in front of the fucking television and you watch two hours of wrestling, you walk away from Impact generally entertained. If you forget about, oh, this guy's a has-been and this guy needs a push and this guy's over here wrestling with this guy and why is this guy wrestling with If you just throw that away and watch the show for what it's supposed to be, a professional wrestling show, you walk away entertained. Unlike the crap that I watched on Raw tonight. And I'll give you that. Like I said, TNA was a good show on Thursday. The pay-per-view was very good last night. I was impressed. But again, it's like Nick and I have both said, you know, if a tree falls down in the forest and no one is around to hear it, does it still make a sound? She cries wolf at every chance. She's cried wolf so much that nobody seems to care what's going on in that company. The ratings aren't getting any better. Nothing's changing other than the product is starting to get better, but the ratings are staying the same or they're dipping lower. Well, let me, let me ask you this. And, and again, we were going to save this until the next segment, but why do I give a shit? If anybody else on the planet watched that show, I don't make a dollar from revenue off that show. I don't give a shit if anybody else watched it as long as I was able to watch it. So the ratings, I can care less. It was on my TV, and that's the one TV I care the most about. So with this audience, a group of people listening to a wrestling radio show... That tree that falls in the forest makes a hell of a sound because we all heard it. I see your point, Trey, but you might be the only one. I mean, I know there's people out there that watch the show, and that's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't want TNA to fail. I want them to, I want them to be successful simply because we don't need the the uh, Mick Monopoly 
running the business where it's just Vince's company and that's it. You're right. Yeah, the, 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 the one thing, and Nick, I, I want you to elaborate on this. You know, you're the one that brought up the tree falling in the forest and doesn't make a sound. And, and, and I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because since one on this show, Wrestling News Live, I have said the one thing that TNA fails to do is to advertise and advertise where it counts. They've got, a, they've got an entire company in Orlando, but they've got offices in Nashville. What are these motherfuckers in Nashville do all day? I mean, I understand there's got to be a person that makes sure travel arrangements are met. Somebody's got to make sure these people have vehicles to get to and from. Hotels have to be done. I understand all that. But that's one day. I could do that in one afternoon for the entire roster. That leaves me five days or four other business days to concentrate on getting the name of this company out there to more people than the actual people that just watch Spike TV. And let's face it, you talk about ratings, TNA Impact is the highest rated show on the channel they're on. And that's sad. Because their only advertising is on that channel. So if nobody's watching the rest of the programming on the channel, nobody sees any advertisements for TNA. And that's their problem. That's why they can't compete. That's why this program and this show doesn't generate new viewers and doesn't have any kind of a ratings increase. Because the people that know how to find it, find it. The people that don't have no clue because they don't watch the crap on Spike TV other than wrestling. So, I mean, it, it, what are they doing in Nashville four days out of the week when they should be finding a way to advertise this program? Dixie's got all this goddamn money. She's willing to throw it all out for RVD and Jeff Hardy and Kid Anderson and Bischoff and Hogan and... You know, they probably got gold-handled mops in the fucking asylum. Why the fuck can't they get their heads together and use some of this money and actually advertise like they should? Okay, but Trey, even if they did advertise and do that, do you really think it's going to help? Again, let's look at the track record of this company. Last year, 2009, Jeff Hardy was the biggest babyface in professional wrestling in the WWE. He leaves the company, signs with TNA, and he's a fucking mid-card jobber hanging out with Mr. Anderson trying to make a tag team, you know, involved in a mid-card feud with him once this splits up. Biggest star in the company because he didn't have the promotion behind him that a WWE would give him. No, you're right. I mean, and that's where that's what I was saying. If a tree falls in the woods, you know, Jeff Hardy left the WWE, and everybody knew it. But when he joined TNA, if you don't go on the internet and read news sites, you had no idea he was there because they don't advertise. Hey, we've got Jeff Hardy. They they don't go on ABC or NBC or ESPN or HBO or any of these other channels and say, hey, we know you're watching something else, but by the way, FYI, we have Jeff Hardy now in TNA. Oh, you don't know about TNA? Well, here, here's 30 seconds of why you should be watching our product on Spike TV. But 
by the same token, why is he a mid-carder? Because they signed him hoping that he wouldn't be Bubba's girlfriend in a fucking jail cell somewhere, and they just want to put the title on a guy who may end up going and doing five to ten years for a drug charge. That's just smart business. Now, use him while you've got him there. Use his name to promote your company. But don't put the World Heavyweight title on him. That's why RVD has it, because although he may smoke more pot than Cheech and Chong, he's not in trouble of going to jail right now. He doesn't have a court case pending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there you go. But that's just, that's, these are the kinds of things that just show you that Dixie Carter doesn't have, doesn't have the tools to make these kinds of business decisions. You know, and, and these are the kinds of things that should be that you wonder, what are the suits doing back in Nashville? Obviously nothing. I mean, that just blows my mind. I've been to Nashville. I've been to the Nashville offices. And, and I'm just, I'm blown away by the fact that they've got these offices, they've got this receptionist, and they've got all of this shit. I mean, there was a time where, literally, I almost went to work for these people. And it was just basically taking care of the superstars, making sure they had a hotel, making sure that they had airfare, making sure if they were driving into the Orlando pay-per-view or the Orlando tapings, that they were going to be there and who they were with and should I count on them being there. It's the same position George Costanza has on Seinfeld. You know, the, uh, the, 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 basically it's the manager or the traveling secretary you make sure that these people are where they're supposed to be, and when they're there, they're taken care of. That takes one day out of five. They've got four other business days to spend Dixie's money on advertising to get people to give a shit about this promotion, and I don't know what they're doing in those offices because that's not what they're doing. Oh, it's, it's, you know, and, 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 and you know, the, if, if she's not making these decisions... Then, then who will? You know, because I mean, let's, the let's, let's not forget where she comes from. I mean, let's not forget where she comes from. She came from a talent agency whose job was to promote talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's basically what her company was when Jeff Jarrett went to her and said, "Hey, I need some help with my wrestling promotion. I need a financial backer." I mean, that's, that's what she's supposed to be so good at, although that's not where her money comes from. Her money comes from the oil business. But her, 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 like, that's like saying, you know, I went to college to be a sports journalist. Well, although I'm doing something with wrestling, when it comes to journalism, I should be able to fall back on that and use that to benefit my show. Sure. You know, same thing with her. She was supposed to be the head of a company that managed talent. Well, I don't know how she got to that point because she obviously doesn't know how to promote and advertise. That should be the least of TNA's worries with her at the helm. But something ain't right. You said it. No, nope, something's not right at all. Uh, well, Nick, is there any other news stories that you want to bring to light before uh, before we wrap this segment up? Uh, not really. Um, you know, there was uh, that was the, like I said, that was the big news coming out of TNA today, and I, ju- I actually just got an update a little earlier 
that's for those of you who were wondering why our truth was pulled out of the Money in the Bank ladder match, it appears right now uh, that he suffered some sort of a groin injury. It's not, I haven't been told when, um, but it does appear that he suffered some kind of a groin injury, and that's the reason why he was pulled from the ladder match, because it did seem really weird on Raw that they just decided to swap him out for Mark Henry, which really doesn't add anything to the match. Uh, and it had me wondering. And, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much the other big headline that's come out within the past couple of hours. Uh, R-Truth, some kind of an injury. We'll probably have more details on it as they become available, so make sure you head over to WrestleZone for that news. But uh, otherwise, that's it, guys. Well, Nick, well, Nick I mean, I-, I just have to ask you this. Don't you think it would have been a lot more beneficial? And again, we don't know the direction that they're going to go with this Nexus group. But don't you think, for pay-per-view buy rate alone, the hottest thing you got going right now is this Nexus storyline on Raw. Don't you think it would have been beneficial to have announced Mark Henry or anybody else as the person taking our truth spot to have the Nexus take that person out tonight so that Wade Barrett could get in. Absolutely. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, someone from the Nexus should have been in that group uh, because, and, and I think what, what they, it looks to me like they're trying to do is they're just forwarding this idea of the Nexus is there to beat people down. Well, you know, it's time to stop beating people down and, and it's time to start saying, look, we're here in the WWE because we want to win championships just like everybody else. And we want our way into these matches. Because it, it look, the one thing I'm liking about the Raw general manager angle is that the GM does not seem like he or she is a face or a heel. You know, the, the, the person, the GM is making decisions that seems like in fairness, you know. Uh, right. Makes decisions that sometimes benefit the heels decisions that sometimes benefit the faces just based on what happens. So, you know, if the Nexus were to plead a case that they deserve a match or, or to be involved in the Money in the Bank ladder match, I'm sure the GM would allow that to happen, and this is what we need to start happening. Yeah, the, the Mark Henry thing adds nothing to the match. I, I was suspect immediately. I thought to myself, there's got to be something going on. Either, you know, R-Truth is injured or he's... He's going to be out of action for some reason, suspended. So I knew something had to have been going on because it makes no sense from a storyline perspective to just switch those two guys out. But, yeah, I agree with you. Going with Mark Henry adds nothing. They should have added the Nexus somehow so that you're right. Now it's not so much of a guessing game as to whether or not Nexus will be at the pay-per-view. If you book them in a match, you know they're going to be at the pay-per-view. So you can, you know, you can at least bank on them being there when you buy that pay-per-view event. Well, now see, I, and, I, and, the, and the good thing, the good thing about having Wade Barrett in that ladder match is that it also leads to speculation again with the Sheamus John Cena ending. Uh, if Wade Barrett should win, would they interfere and, and, and cash in that night? You know, I mean, sure. and and and, yeah. and JJ, I, I want to get your opinion real quick. You know, being an old WCW guy, I mean, everybody's comparing the Nexus to the NWO. I've heard that a lot for the last two or three weeks. The one thing the NWO did that the Nexus didn't do and hasn't done, and maybe they will with this higher purpose, but the NWO 
number one, you you knew they could stand on their own as individuals from the get-go because you had Hulk Hogan and you had the Outsiders who Hulk Hogan dominated singles wrestling and the Outsiders were a dominant tag team. So you knew they could hold their own. But the one thing the NWO did and always did until their dying day was they were a brand within themselves. And they had their own pay-per-view and they had, you know... They were taken over. They were going to phase out WCW and make it the NWO. And and Nexus hasn't either really done that. They've just kind of said we're here and we fight well. We fight well in groups, but you know that's about it. Well, the only comparison that I can make the NWO to the Nexus is they're not the established stars that the guys from the NWO were. I mean, obviously, there's no Hulk Hogan, there's no Scott Hall, there's no Kevin Nash. Uh, you know, employed in the Nexus. But like the NWO, they took out a lot of the wrestlers in the backstage area. And that's the comparison, I think, that everybody's making when they talk about the Nexus and the NWO. Is that, yeah, these guys are going backstage. They're beating up guys seven on one. They're taking out these guys. Uh, so, I mean, that's really the comparison. I, You know, that really would be the only logical comparison you could make between Nexus and NWO. It's not the same thing. But I see where you're going with that. And Nick, on a new front, I can't believe that it's it's actually been this long. Um, I know the one thing that's just blowing up WrestleZone and all the other news sites, Brian Danielson. I can't believe that this is actually legit now, this many weeks later, that... He really was let go over choking the announcer with his tie on PG television. There has to be more to this. If that's the case, what 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 more is there to this story? And has it just not been long enough for them to bring him back to feud with the Nexus at this point? Honestly, I have to think that this is, this somehow, and again, this is just my, this is not anything that I've heard, this is just my own opinion, I believe this has to do with Linda McMahon's Senate campaign. And a fear that one of her political opponents will bring up the fact that they were using a storyline that she was affiliated or or is, is married to a man that condoned you know, use it, replicating a real-life tragedy and, you know, the Chris Benoit incident uh, on television and having a man choking another man out and, and, and maybe they were afraid that that's going to come back to bite him in the ass if an opponent brings that up in one of their debates. Now, you know, at the same time, you know, you could make the argument, well, any time a guy puts a sleeper hold on somebody, it's a choke, you know. Um, but I guess in this case, it looked more brutal. Uh, it was uh, with a foreign object. It was with a necktie. You know, it, it looked like a, it could be, it could be, I guess it could look like a hanging of some sort. And maybe they just felt it was too reminiscent of Benoit, and they really wanted to cover their ass. Because now if anybody comes back at Linda McMahon with, you know, well, you did this and you did that, she can say, my husband fired that employee. He doesn't work for the company anymore because we do not condone that kind of behavior on our television show. 
I would well, have then, to believe with that. With that being said, Edge will be fired tomorrow then. Because he put Randy Orton in a sleeper hole tonight and damn near made him tap out. Sure. But, I mean, maybe it, now maybe what you can say, though, is, well, that is not a replication of a real-life event. That is a professional wrestling hold that is legal and is used in matches and has been used for years. Whereas what, what that was demonstrating, uh, and I'm playing, just playing devil's advocate here, but what the Danielson thing was portraying was someone not involved in a sanctioned bout choking someone else out with the intent to do severe bodily harm with a foreign object. And that might be too racy and too similar to what happened in real life. Well, it's amazing. And again, I know where you're coming from with your side on this. You're just giving your opinion. It's not what you personally believe. But with that being said, I would say in the annals of time that if you research choking, more people are choked by a hole from behind than they are from a necktie. <laughs> but, you're right. You're right. Yeah. True it, that. It's, you know, and, and it, it, so, hey, hey, you know what? There could be, you know, it, it could be a situation where, um, you know, maybe there were some people who weren't supportive of Danielson. I mean, you, you never really know what it is, but, but I, I absolutely do not think that the reason why he was fired is simply because, you know, it, that he violated a PG rule. I don't think that's the reason why it was. So I guess we'll never know until he comes back or until he breaks his silence on why he was really released. Well, that's it. I mean, if you think about it, you know, and, 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 and I, to this point, all signs still point toward him returning. Because if you've listened to things that he's been saying, you know, uh, the, the promos that he's been cutting, and granted, he's still under the no-compete, so he probably can't, take too, he can't, probably can't t- talk too much about it. But, you know, he hasn't gone out there and he has not ripped WWE. In fact, in his first independent promo that he cut after he was released, he said that a PG wrestling is a good idea and that great things can come out of PG wrestling. So he hasn't gone out there and buried WWE yet, which would have been, uh, I was waiting to see how he was going to handle it. If he went out there and buried WWE, then he most likely knew he wasn't coming back. Um, however, I, I also have heard that when he's taking pictures with fans at indie shows, he's taking pictures of him choking them with neckties. Well, and that's the funny thing. I said this a while back when this first happened. The great thing about them firing Brian Danielson the way that they did was they made him marketable to all the indie promotions or anyone else who's interested in, in grabbing him as a talent because he's the guy that's too violent for the WWE. And that makes him tons of money on the indie circuit. And, you know, let's consider this. When his no-compete clause is up, when his 90 days is done, he's going to be back with a company. Absolutely. There's there's no way around it. Yeah, there's no way around it. He's going back, and he'll be an even bigger name. Yeah, and the best thing they can do is actually have him be the guy that helps. You know, I think Nexus... I mean, for what they're doing, I mean, you would think eventually that, you know, 
if they're not going to release their higher purpose, then at least some of these other veteran superstars and some of the guys on this roster are going to get tired of being jumped seven on one. They're going to band together and try to take the nexus out, you know, try to take the bad guy out before they take you out, so to speak. And I think Nexus probably runs the roost for a little while, taking people out until Brian Danielson comes back, and he makes the perfect to come back and take on the Nexus. Could be. I mean, but you know what? You know what? The, what's really interesting about it, though, is you know if they end up bringing him back, you know the one thing that they can't do, unless they want to look like total hypocrites, they they can't bring him back in as the guy who's too violent or as the guy that was fired because he was violent. Because if they make light of it, then they're almost promoting what he did to get fired. They're making it a storyline. So they, they really can't touch that if they bring him back into the company. I think they have to just bring him back in and, and not make any mention of it. Otherwise, does well, it make them look any better or does it make them look worse that they're making light of what happened? Well, there's always a scenario of what happens when, when, I don't mean when, but if, what happens if Linda McMahon doesn't win this election? You know, sure. if she doesn't win this election, then the best thing they can do is have Vince come out and cut a promo, talk about, you know, how things have changed, it's time to get back to what made the WWE famous, and it's attitude and ruthless aggression, and... I've reinstated Brian Danielson, the guy that was too violent for WWE TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, that that seems like a long shot to me because I'm still not convinced that the PG thing is being done just because of the Linda Man, McMahon campaign. I think they've made this PG move because they just feel like, for the sake of advertising, it's easier. You know, and, and, and they market the product to children now, and children are the biggest movers of merchandise. So I, right. I don't, I don't see WWE moving away from the PG thing. But I will say that what I do completely agree with you is that if Linda McMahon doesn't win this campaign, then all bets are off the table as far as them getting, you know, any kind of backlash from her opponents. So if they want to let some things go here and there in terms of storylines or what happens, they'll probably be fine. Well, see, and and I've said this many times before. This PG thing, maybe you know, maybe it has a lot to do with the whole Linda McMahon campaign. But I, in a lot of ways, I think it's smart because as a longtime wrestling fan, you know, when I was younger, you had Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, the Paul Orndorffs. And it was pretty much a PG product. As I grew up with the business, it became the Attitude Era. I was older, was putting more money down. I think I had probably every Austin 316 shirt there was. Now that I have children that are watching the product, they're reeling that audience back in and bringing in those kids of that audience. So in a lot of ways, to me, it's smart marketing because you're recycling your fan base. Exactly. Exactly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have just been uh, in the zone with Russell Zone. That's right. And, Nick, before you go, I did want to say uh, I, I got a shout-out for you that I had to relay. Uh, Miss Destiny, longtime yeah. Voice of Wrestling fan in the chat tonight, wanted me to say hello no to kidding. you. No kidding. Yeah, she, she showed up for the first time last week, so uh, she's back right. successfully uh, again another night. So uh, she wanted to say hello. 
Well, it's been a long time since we talked to Miss Destiny, and uh, we've had a. I have a lot of fond memories of her appearances on the show. I'm sure she does too. She might not want to remember all of them, uh, so I won't get into them. But it, I'm I'm glad to hear that she's listening. And Miss Destiny, thanks for saying hi. Uh, and uh, and and guys, thanks for having me on the show. I had a great time. Well, thanks, Nick. Ladies uh, and gentlemen, he is tougher than a Detroit taxi cab. We're talking about Nick. Thousand names. Who would have thought that Wrestling News Live and anybody for Voice of Wrestling would have such a beautiful partnership? But here we are. I, I think the whole <laughs> reason why is the I think the whole reason why it's working so well is because Chris Cash isn't around. <laughs> there's there's my shot at Chris for the evening. I was going to say, Mark Tape, you said that, not me. Exactly. Yeah. Make yeah. Make sure you keep this recorded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got it, buddy. We got it. Well, Nick, we want you to uh, be a part of as many shows as you can, man. Very good. I'm here, guys. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Yep. All right. Sounds good, Nick. Yep. All right, guys. Good night. All right, Nick. Oh, well, that that was a long segment. I want to I want to thank Nick from uh, WrestleZone for stopping by and breaking down a little bit of news. We got into uh, quite the heated argument, myself and Trey, and we're going to run our last... You know, though, that ahead. makes for good radio when you don't agree all the goddamn time. I agree. I agree. So why don't we take our last commercial break, come back, maybe take a couple of phone calls, because I know people are just dying to call in on the, on the shit you and I were spouting earlier, and uh, we'll wrap the show up. So with that said, we're going to take our last commercial break of the evening. We'll be right back with more Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Santo Loco, and you are listening to Wrestling News Live. <laughs> we keep it hardcore, like a 187. Keep it hardcore, LAX is blessing. Keep it hardcore, so count your blessings. 5158, the best with. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to retrieve the briefcase. Inside, a championship contract awaits you. The briefcase will be suspended above the WWE ring, and the only means to reach it is by ladder. This will be the most dangerous, reckless, career-threatening mission of your life. This message will self-destruct in three seconds. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to WML Radio. Everybody's got a price. 
Everybody's gonna pay. Does listening to Wrestling News Live make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan? Would the Trey Dog drink Velvet Sky's bathwater? <sighs> well, hello there, Velvet. some good bath water, baby. Ow! Listening to Wrestling News Live does make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan, although it will not save you any money on your car insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new Wrestling News Live. And now, here are your hosts, The Trey Dog and JJ Sexy of SundayNightShowdown.com. You can't see me, my time is In case you forgot or fell off, I'm still hot, knock your shell off. My money stacked fat, plus I can't turn the swell off. All right, guys, we're back. Wrestling News Live. Myself, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexy. And the Trey Dog, who's apparently drinking the bathwater of Velvet Sky. What the hell's going on, man? <laughs> that is some good bathwater. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, wow. Interesting night, man. Yeah, and you know, I I said earlier that I was going to unleash the dog, and, and, and what I mean is, I listened to a lot of radio this week, and, you know, Thursday night, I so wanted to go on the air and do a show, because, to me, I thought Impact was an amazing show, Starch, and because of any reason other than the show itself was a great setup for what was a great pay-per-view. You know, I mean, I just don't understand where these people, I don't understand what people want from this company. I mean, again, if you take Dixie Carter, all of her, you know, major announcements out of the water, if you take all the outside drama away from the company and you just sit down in a chair and watch the two hours of progress that they give you, it's a good show, and it blew Raw away tonight by leaps and bounds. And everybody's going to have a bad show. I understand that. You know, just like everybody's going to have a good show. But even though it's not live, it's pre-taped, again, I don't read spoilers for this reason. I want to be entertained and not know the outcome while I'm watching television. And I don't give a shit. Trey, are you there? All right. Apparently, <laughs> the Trey dog going off on his rant has uh, has received the Skypean death drop, ladies and gentlemen. The first time tonight we have received a Skypean death drop on this show. I mean, that was perfect. Josh says it best. That was great. I cannot believe that he just jobbed. I guess 
Skype didn't want to hear him bitch. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong in that assessment, but, uh, you know, I'm sure that Trey is going to realize in a second that he's been disconnected and maybe call the show back. I'll get him back one, one of two ways, as I believe he's calling in right now. Wow. I do think at this point in time, the recipient of the Skypean death drop is back on the phone. Trey, are you there? Yeah, I got the first Skypean death drop of the night. It's starting to storm here, as a matter of fact, so we may both be screwed. Uh, you know what? We, we just might. But I'm not sure where you lost me. I'm just saying that, you know, why everybody wants to bitch and complain about the TNA product blows me away. If you don't pay attention to all the outside of the show drama, you don't worry about Jeff and his Twitter account, you don't worry about Dixie and her major groundbreaking announcements. If you just watch the two hours it's on television, they do a great job, and it's entertaining more times to me than it's not. Am I just an idiot? Do I not see it? Am, am, am I, like, a huge outsider here? I mean, I listen to other shows just rip this, this product apart, and I'm blown away. What do they want? You know, they, they'll, they'll, every show in town will rip it apart, but they won't tell you how to fix it, and they won't tell you what they would do if they were, you know, in charge to make it better. You know, if you're going to tear something down, at least build it back up, or at least give us an idea of what you would do differently. That's a fair Anybody assessment. can put on a headset and talk shit. Fair assessment. I, I just don't understand. I don't understand why they're so anal about this this company i just don't get it well okay it's not so much that people are anal about the company i you know and i'm trying to support tna i don't want to see it fail trey i I really don't but at the same time we're talking about a company that they just they can't seem to really pull things together when they need to and it's always again this big announcement i watched impact on thursday thought it was a good show right Thought it was a great go-home show. I enjoyed the pay-per-view last night. I covered all three hours of it and, you know, gave it a good grade at the end of the night. Good job. Kudos to them. I'm just not certain at this point what, you know, and I agree with Paul Heyman. Yeah, he might be a creative genius. He might be a guy that can come in and do something for this company. But what he's asking for is a bit steep. You know, maybe the asking price for a Paul Heyman in his mind, he feels like he can ask that because he knows they're not going to pay him for that. If they ponied up and were willing to pay him twenty-five to thirty million, do you really think he would do it? I, I don't really know. I think it's a bluff. It could be. I mean, he could be setting the bar so high. You know, that's like saying, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. I know that if I take this other job. There's a chance I could fall on my face and be exposed as a fraud. You know, when right now I'm the darling of the Internet because everybody thinks I'm the quick fix and the be-all, end-all savior. But truth be told, the one company I did run, I ran into the ground and I bankrupted it. had to run to Vince McMahon to bail me out financially, you know. Truth be told, in, in the grand scheme of things, the one company he's ran, he, he ran into the ground as a failure. But he, right now, he's the Internet darling because everybody on the Internet basically wants to see him come to TNA. You know, and he could be sitting back saying, 
I don't want to, but I can't just come right out and say no, because then I'm going to expose myself. So what I'll do is I'll set the bar so high that there's no way in hell they'll pay me what I want that I can save face and put all the bluff back on them and never be exposed to the fraud that I might be. Well, I'm going to tell you this now. This is my opinion, and if people want to shit all over it in the chat room, you're more than welcome to, and I won't say a word. But I'm going to tell you right now, the only thing, in my opinion, that could save TNA Wrestling and possibly take it in a new direction, a direction that nobody would even think of, would be if Shane McMahon bought the company and brought in his own people to run that company and made a successful go to get back at his dad for basically not utilizing his skills to the best of his ability and kind of overlooking him, you know, for, for say, Stephanie and Triple H. Shane McMahon is the only saving grace TNA will ever have. Yeah, but didn't Shane leave the WWE to pursue something else? I mean, there's been ties to him talking to Dana White in the UFC. I mean, I just don't think Shane's... I don't think Shane's head is into the wrestling business as much as people would like it to be, or he'd be running WCW as a second entity right now. He would have never been joined with WWE in the first place. Wow, I'm, I'm already I mean, getting shit on. You're talking about one of the greatest storylines of all time, and it wrote itself the night that he showed up on, on Nitro. You know, and they never did really anything with it. They, they had a botched invasion angle, you know, and then Shane rode off into the sunset and left the company and nobody ever really found out why there had to be a reason he left. I mean, granted he's a millionaire and he's got more money than his grandkids, grandkids, grandkids will ever spend. But he grew up in the wrestling business and then at his age up and leave with no explanation. There has to be a reason. I'm just saying I'm already getting shit on the chat room. I know Wookum has said I need a lobotomy, but I'd rather have a lobotomy. He needs an adedictomy. <laughs> just saying. His vagina's itching, I think. I don't think that Shane McMahon is the be-all, end-all answer for that company. It's an answer, but again... I'm still asking the question, if you take away all the who owns the company, who's making the announcements, who's making the Facebook announcements, and you just sit down to watch two hours of wrestling, what's wrong with what you're getting? I'm still you... waiting for somebody to answer that. No, I'll give you that, Trey. When I sit down and watch Impact, as long as I'm seeing wrestling matches, that's cool. When I'm seeing stupid fucking gimmicky bullcrap, then yeah, that that gets to the point where it's like, uh, you know, I can't stand this product. With TNA, I don't really have that. They go out there and they bust their ass. You can't blame the in-ring work of the guys. The biggest problem TNA has are their storyline um, endings to matches that usually bring the okay. pace of everything down. You know, the matches themselves right. are fine, but when you get down to the stupid gimmick finishes, that's where it kind of kills it for that company. And the fact that I said... I'll agree with that. Dixie Calls Wolf or cries wolf every time you turn around. Right. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll be the first to admit you're right on some of the endings of their matches, but 
you know, that's all down to who's booking and who's writing. You know, um, and let's face it, they got a problem there, and they have for a long time. But even with the problem that they have with their booking and their writing, for two hours on a th- but in the grand scheme of things, I'm not nearly as angry as I am after watching Raw, especially tonight. But yet, the first thing, everybody with a microphone in a wrestling show, the first thing they want to do is fire up the computer, start the show, and have a bitch fest about TNA. And I'm still waiting for somebody to come up with a legitimate reason why their two-hour programming is so atrocious that it warrants being broken down and ripped apart every Thursday. Like I said, I'm with you. What were you laughing at in the chat room? Because you came back with a counter to that second Skypean death drop. Do what now? I, I thought I thought you got uh, Skypean death drop for the second time. You you faded no, out. You faded out. There was about a couple seconds of silence, and then I laughed, and then you were talking again. So uh, you almost oh, got okay. got dropped again. See, so that's well, what it was is lightning out here quite a bit. No, no shit. So, you know what? I'll go ahead and open the phone lines, guys. If you want to call in, uh, the number is 501-588-7957. We'll take just a few calls and kind of wrap the show up. I know we're going a little long. We had an extended segment with Nick, but a good segment at that. Right. Hey, if you will, talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. All right, sounds good. Uh, I do believe we have our first call of the night on the line. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? You know, it's been a couple of weeks since I got on there, but I know that many have been waiting to hear you. This is Wookum. How are you doing? Oh, shit. We got Wookum on the line. And, and Trey kind of stepped away for a second. So if you had any venom to spew at him, you're going to have to wait just a minute. I'll, I'll wait patiently. But actually, while I'm waiting, let me just, let me just, your, 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 uh, your discussion about Jay McMahon going to TNA, I've seen more legitimate talk coming from Doink promos. Seriously, I mean, obviously, Shane leaving. There will be, obviously, there was some, I can barely hear you, man. All I hear is Trey in the background. But yeah, I know. He, he's kind of he's kind of menacing everything here. Trey, no, shut yeah, the fuck I, up. I know, I know he's a professional and all, but I think that Shane McMahon going to, 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 to TNA, you actually think that's a possibility? No, I'm just saying that's the only thing that could save that company. I don't think, I don't you know, think there is an ounce of possibility that Shane McMahon would ever buy that company, would ever work for them. But if he did, and they rebooted everything and started over, that is the only thing in my estimation that's going to make TNA a top-notch product that can compete with the WWE. Period. It's not in good with the company when they started. And they you know, as a, as a, it's, it's interesting because this is obviously really in and TNA. Uh, it didn't work with WCW. And WCW had far more established stars than TNA, far more fresher stars than TNA. Why would it work in TNA right now with, with recycled stars? Chris Harris, Jarrett, Kurt Angle. I got all their phone numbers. What the fuck? Trey, we can fucking hear you. So. I'm back. I know we, we can oh, fucking Trey, hear you the Trey, whole time. Hold on, hold on, Trey. Trey, hold on a second, man. You know, while you're away taking a phone call, Wukum, Wukum finally got on air. Well, at least you didn't get the Skype and Dev drop yet. What's going on? Listen, man, I've been waiting to get through. 
you said some things the last couple of weeks. I wanted to get through last week. I didn't. I get to, got through this week. You keep asking the same question of why are, are not people paying attention to TNA? You know, honestly, I like watching TNA. I actually, I always catch it on YouTube a little after the time. I like the knockout division. I like Jay Lethal, but I still don't care to set aside my time specifically to watch because I just it just doesn't draw me enough. There's, there's nothing. How, how can you how can you say that it doesn't draw you enough, but you'll sit down and watch two hours of what you watched tonight? I'm a wrestling fan. Well, I'm if you're a wrestling it. fan, then then TNA's two hours from start to finish is full of more action, more in ring, and everything they did on Thursday had something to do with the pay per view on Sunday. As opposed to tonight's WWE Raw, where we saw the Santino team versus the William Regal team, we saw the mother from the goddamn Brady Bunch in the WWE ring kissing the great Kali. If that shit happened on TNA, you motherfuckers would have a heart attack because you couldn't get on the internet fast enough to bitch about it. I mean, I, I but because you know, it happened on Raw, they get a pass. I I don't I don't disagree. I'm obviously you you seem to have a passion for TNA uh, that that sort of supersedes that. I wish I knew what the fuck you said. You guys are both jobbing tonight. I don't know what the hell's going on. You're both going in and out and in I'm and back. out. I'm back. I'm back. I hear you. Trey, are you there? All right, we're all here. All right, now, what were you trying to say? <laughs> well, the thing is, is you know. I, res- I respect what you said about TNA, and like I guess that I watched the TV show. It's just something about the product that just doesn't appeal to me in a way as if I was not a casual fan that I'd be drawn to watching the product more consistently and have a sort of a, 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 a devotion to actually caring for what's going on. So I, I think to most fans, that really what draws them in the, the opposite direction in which where they, they can get with the product and like it or get on that, that, that bandwagon that just shits on it and, and that's what most people decide to do even though they decide not even though they don't watch the product they just hear the reviews and they just take that as their own right and it's, it's like somebody that was you know raised on McDonald's for 12 years and then all of a sudden Burger King showed up you know yeah. eventually you're going to try a Whopper you know and you're yeah. just going to because you're going to get you're going to get tired of the Big Mac you know, I, I mean, I, I like I like the knockouts division. I feel like the only one of the only thing that drives me, Angelina Love, is just one of these. I like I, I like watching the knockout division. There's no doubt about that. But once these Jay Lethal guys come on, I understand I like Jay Lethal's comic character, but still, to me, it seems like it's Jay Lethal to me is still to me on that shock boy type character. And to, to me, to see him elevated up against a guy like Ric Flair, I'm not buying it. I don't buy Jay Lethal as someone that can be put in the and actually being sold as someone that's marketable. He, to me, is another shock boy. You know, I mean, do you, do you and, and I'll give you, I'll give you that, I'll give you that because it it took me a little while to warm up to the whole Jay Lethal thing too. But by the same token, you've got Ric Flair, who's the legend, and you've got him in a storyline where he's being torn in three, three or four different directions. He's got this fortune thing he's trying to get off the ground. He's got Kazarian and AJ Styles going at each other. Plus, he's got the feud going with 
with Jay Lethal. And I think that's the problem is that he's just being, you know, pulled in too many directions. But they did a good job in making me. Okay, who's on the line? I'm, I can hear I can hear you. I can't hear oh, Trey. Yeah, Trey just got dropped. Apparently, it's it's no, really th- it's storming like a bitch out here, so I'm having issues. He'll 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 be back, but I just wanted to add something before he comes back, uh, just to, to to buy some time. Uh, I agree with what he said, but actually, I actually appreciate the Kazarian character. I think his look is a fresher breath in. It definitely brings that class to the group, uh, and actually, to me, he fits better more as as a. And Wookum is now gone. So uh, the Skypean death drop is now complete, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my work here is done. Unbelievable. All right, guys, we're back. I have the trade dog via the phone. I have turned uh, Skype off for tonight. I'm sick of the Skypean death drop. Thank God it, it didn't affect us early on in the night, but we are running over. So, you know, it, it's midnight here. I guess there's more maintenance going on in, in, the, in the world of Skype, but uh, Trey Dog is back. We're going to kind of wrap things up. Trey, you're with me. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where we got cut off. What I was trying to say to Wilcombe earlier was, you know, about the Jay Lethal, Ric Flair thing, you know, they did a great job, even for a guy like me who was on the fence with Jay Lethal, because I thought, if you remember last pay-per-view, I was the guy saying, why is he the one that came to the ring to help Jeff Hardy and RV, or RVD? It should have been Jeff Hardy. And then now they've got him in this feud with Flair. I think the problem that we had with that is that Flair was just pulled in too many directions. I mean, he's got to deal with AJ and Kazarian. He's got to deal with Fortune getting off the ground. He's got beer money in one hand. And then he's got the Jay Lethal program going on at the same time. But, by the same token, with all that being said, I still look forward to the Jay Lethal Flair match for the same purpose that any red-blooded American man would. You know, Jay Lethal, his brother gets beat up by Ric Flair backstage, who's not a wrestler. So then... Jay comes out and cuts a promo about his mom being under the weather, and Flair comes out and basically tells him that he slept with his mother and you can be my kid and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and, and like I told, I, I said this, it probably didn't go over the air, but I said to Wilcom, you know, if I came into your front yard and called you out and told you that, you know, you might be my kid because I slept with your mother on more than one occasion, would you want to punch me in the mouth? Absolutely. No, absolutely. I'd want to punch you in the fucking mouth. You know, so I mean, that's. They did a good job booking that feud. I have no problem with Jay Lethal. He's growing on me. You know, the problem TNA might have, if they have any at all with their two hours of television, is that they've only got two hours of television and they got a lot of shit to put in a. You know, it's like putting 100 pounds worth of shit in a 50 pound sack. You know, you got to force it. And that may be their issue. I don't know. But. I'm just tired of turning on the internet radio shows and hearing everybody and their brother because you write a column for this website or because you're on this radio show, you're a fucking expert. Like I said, these are professional fucking wrestlers. They're not going for Grammys. They're not going for Golden Globes. They're not members of the SAG Awards. They're not going for an Academy Award. They're wrestlers. You know, don't... Look too deep into this shit. These guys are a step above carnies, by God's sake. I mean, they're there to entertain. 
And that's what they do. If you let all this other bullshit go and you just sit down and watch the two hours of programming you have in front of you, it's entertaining. But I guess because it's TNA, it's the cool thing to get on the Internet and bitch about it when you probably didn't even watch it in the first place. All you did was read the fucking spoilers and didn't give it a chance on television. And I'll bet you 90% of the people that do wrestling radio or write columns they either don't watch it and they read the fucking spoilers, or they DVR it and they fast forward through all the shit they don't want to see, so they come away not getting the full feeling of the product or the show. Uh, you know, I, I'm just I'm sick of it. You know, people overlooking shit and, and just overanalyzing. It's fucking wrestling. Period. Amen. I completely agree with that statement. I mean... It's fucking wrestling, man. I mean, I was I was literally pumped Thursday night. I was like, man, I wish I had my show on Thursday nights up and running. I don't yet. It's coming. I will. But I wanted to go on the air after Impact because I was impressed from top to bottom. And then I turn on all these other shows Friday and listen to archives, and all people want to do is bitch and complain and tear down the product. And, you know, then I listen to... You know, the law, and they're trashing TNA, and I'm just, I just don't understand. I, what do you want? What more can they do? I, I just don't understand. Well, they've tried a lot, and like I said, they. <laughs> it all goes back to the cry wolf scenario. Yeah, but I'm not talking about, I, I'm talking about all that shit withstanding. And, and, and like I said earlier, you know, it may not have gone on the air either, but. WWE has been around forever. So that's where people go when they want their wrestling. I understand that, and I'm cool with that. You know? But if you ate McDonald's for 12 years, wouldn't you want a Whopper by now? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I just... I don't understand why... Well, I do understand. You know, if TNA was putting out shows like Raw did tonight, then I'd understand. But they're not, and they haven't for months. I don't know what the change has been, but I was interested in almost every angle and every match on that pay-per-view last night, and they even found a way to make me give a shit about the Madison Rain, or Madison Rain, Angelina Love match with the stipulations. You know, I. It wasn't like there was a million run-ins in the main event. To my knowledge, it was a pretty good main event. No, it was. I just, I don't understand, man. I don't know why everybody has to talk shit about TNA when we've got Raw with the fucking mom of the Brady Bunch kissing the great Kali, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was a little disturbed by that myself. Just, just the fact that Santino tried to kiss her earlier in the night, and then we got great Kali, and... Again, Raw has become the sketch show. You know, it's it's not about professional wrestling. They stopped being professional wrestling a long time ago. But the fact of the matter is that WWE is a recognized brand. They've been around for, what, 50, 60, 70 years? You know, as the triple WWF? Yeah. But they've been around for all these years, and they're a popular brand. They're mainstream. Whether you like the WWE 
or you don't, you have to give them credit because they know how to promote things. Right. And, I mean, that's, but again, take the business out of the picture, take the Internet out of the picture. If you just sit down and watch the program, it's entertaining. A lot more so than Raw has been this entire month. But yet, every Thursday night, it's a shit fest on TNA after they're done. And it's just because they're not the WWE. You know, I don't care what Dixie Carter says. I don't care what, you know, Jeff Jarrett tweets. I don't care. I don't read spoilers. And if I sit down to watch that show, I want to watch two hours of wrestling, and that's what I get. But because they're live, because they're pre-taped, and the spoilers are already out there, I mean, they just taped their show tonight, and WrestleZone's already got the results. So all these experts in the wrestling radio community go read those fucking spoilers, and then they tear the show apart without even watching it. And if they do watch it, they don't give it any credit whatsoever. But then again... We can have Doink the Clown, the Santino Bunch, two different guys trying to kiss Mrs. Brady, and a Partridge Family reference, and that's okay. Because it was on WWE. If that shit would have happened on TNA, the internet would crash from people bitching and complaining. That's valid. You are correct. So, I guess that's all I got, man. I was going to try and find the actual card for this weekend, and I'm not really finding it anywhere at this point in time for uh, for Money in the Bank this weekend, which is crazy. So, I tell you what, with that, let's go ahead and close things out. You are possibly going to be around on Sunday night to join us for uh, Sunday Night Showdown, correct? Because I'm thinking we're we're looking at I know Harmony's not going to be there. Internet Dave is gone, so it's going to be myself and Mark the Shark DiCarlo. And we are trying at this point in time. I know for sure we're going to have something to do with Johnny Divine. I'm not sure if he's going to join us in studio uh, if we're doing something pre-taped with him. But I know that he's scheduled to do something with us on Sunday. So um, you know if you well, can. I was going to do it this weekend, but you guys had Rick Titan and everything was going well, so I didn't want to throw a monkey wrench into the machine, so I just sat back and listened to as much of it as I could. And um, I will do my best to be there on Sunday. Oh, sounds good. Actually, I might I might have a, a card for Money in the Bank if we want to run this down really quickly. Yeah, let's do that. If it'll load up. <laughs> That's always the... Uh... Why is it that when I click a link in my fucking chat room, it doesn't open up a window for me? And before we go any further, I just want to reiterate. You know, I got a couple emails this week from listeners and a, a, a Facebook message from a listener wanting to know, you know, why other people have such a problem with TNA, and that's why I got to thinking about it. And, you know, I'm not calling anybody out in particular. So don't go running and telling anybody, oh, Trey talked about so-and-so on this show. I'm not calling anybody out. 
I'm not saying anybody's names. I'm just saying the wrestling radio world as a whole loves the shit all over TNA. And I guess it's just to make them sell because product right now, TNA is doing a great job. And if you think I'm full of shit, then you're not giving it its full justice of actually sitting down and watching. And that's fair. I think I think that is fair. But, again, like I said, they are putting on some pretty good shows. The pay-per-view was good. Now, you know, I think their biggest problem is the fact that they tape two or three shows at a time and people go and read the spoilers. And, oh, okay, well, fuck, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to see well, other this than, Other than advertising on, uh, other than advertising the product in the right way, that's been my second beef with the company, is that they taped their shows, and that was, you know, it's been the death of many a wrestling show. When people can go online and read the results, reading results does not do a show justice. It could be a great match, and if the person writing the results doesn't portray it to be a great match, and all you do is read so-and-so wrestled so-and-so and so-and-so won, what's exciting about that? You know, I mean, then they don't watch because the person that actually typed up the report was in a hurry because all they wanted to do was get on their Xbox or PS3 and not actually write out their column or write out their results. So they just type results and nothing else. They don't add any flavor to the report. Well, shit, if you read that and you decide, well, if this person didn't like it, then I probably won't either. And you don't watch, but all you do is bitch that you're not being fair to the product. No, uh, you're right. I do actually have uh, a Money in the Bank card. There's five confirmed matches that I'm looking at here. Uh, we have the Steel Cage match for the WWE Championship, Sheamus versus John Cena, World Heavyweight Championship, Rey Mysterio defends against Jack Swagger. We have the Raw Money in the Bank. We have the SmackDown Money in the Bank. We have the Unified Tag Team title match, the Hart Dynasty versus the Uso Brothers. And uh, I do believe there's two other matches. I'll try and find them here in just a second. I think we have two different Divas matches going off. But let's go ahead and start things off, Trey, uh, with the unified tag team title match, Hart Dynasty versus the Uso Brothers. You go ahead and start this one out. Well, if you know they do it the way it looks to me they're doing it, then they're, you know, they're basically saying the Hart Dynasty is, being won up by the Usos on every turn, I'm going to take the Hart Dynasty to get the win. Uh, the fact that they've been getting beat time they turn around by the Usos on free television. And see, I'm with you there because we did see D.H. Smith, quite frankly, you know, get the loss tonight. The Usos went over. We've seen the Usos get the better of the Hart Dynasty for a long time. I don't think the Usos are proven have proven themselves to be like the unified tag team champions at this point. So I'm going to have to agree and say that I don't see any way to do this other than to have the Hart Dynasty retain uh, that championship. I, I just I don't see any way around it. I'm going with the Hart Dynasty because, like, like you said, the Usos haven't proven anything yet. Um, they haven't been around long enough to be champions. So, like I said, I'm going with the Hart Dynasty. All right, so let's move on to uh, the Raw Money in the Bank. We now know that the uh, the fill-in for R-Truth 
is Mark Henry, who I really think is going to do well as the big guy that's going to have everybody bump off of him. You know, we've got that on 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 the SmackDown roster as the Big Show. Right. So, uh, what the fuck, man? I am having some serious issues with this PC, and not I am not able to like bring this fucking card up. I'm well, actually, we know we know most of the matches by by heart now, anyway. So yeah, it's just I'm trying to get the official shit from WWE.com, and I'm like their fucking site is crazy tonight. I'm gonna say in the Raw ladder match. My heart says Edge. Really? But, yeah. My heart says Edge. But I just have a feeling that they're going to throw a swerve in there and it's going to be somebody you don't expect. Well, you know, I'm Edge... Gonna go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and go with Edge because I'm going to go with my heart on this one. Okay. That's that's not a bad, you know, prediction. I mean, he has won, obviously, uh, he's cashed that money in the bank in twice. Right. He won the first one, and then he basically took the contract from Mr. Kennedy after that. But he does well in these matches. I don't think it's going to be a guy like Edge or Orton. It's not going to be Mark Henry. I don't think it's going to no. be Jericho. Don't do it. Don't do it. I am leaning toward, believe it or not, Evan Bourne or John Morrison. Uh, In fact, I would say given the fact that Morrison got beat down tonight and Evan Bourne got beat down tonight, one of them is going to be your Money in the Bank winner on Raw because it makes no difference. Okay, If if you put Edge or Randy Orton over as the Money in the Bank winner, I mean, what are you really accomplishing? Money in the Bank has always been about elevating somebody. Edge had never been... That's why I had a hard time going with Edge. I was thinking probably The Miz, but I went ahead and went with Edge. Now, see, Miz is another one. Like, he would be a a pretty good pick. But the fact that he's the United States champion right now, I I just... And the fact that he did take R-Truth out of the match, I don't think it's going to be him. So, if I... You might be onto something. If I had to make a pick... And you do. I'm going to go with Morrison. All right. Look it. Write it down. John Morrison wins the Raw Money in the Bank match. So that's that's my pick. All right. Now, the SmackDown Money in the Bank match, I'm going to let you first, but I've already got my pick. Let's see. I'm trying to remember who all's in this. we got McIntyre. We've got um, oh, who's Matt the, Hardy. we got Matt Big Hardy. Show. Big Show. Dolph Ziggler. Um. Christian, uh, let's see, Christian, Big Show, McIntyre, Matt Hardy, Dolph Ziggler, um, Kofi Kingston. Oh, yeah, Kofi. I can't forget about Kofi. He's on the fucking (laughs) marquee of the poster. You can't forget about Kofi. That's about it. I tell you what, man, as far as this one goes, I think it's going to be an interesting match. My heart says Christian should be the one to go over here. My heart says Christian should be the guy to walk out of Money in the Bank with that briefcase, and he should be the guy to cash that in and get his first world title run on SmackDown. But, unfortunately, I'm not going to go with that. 
I'm going to have to go with Drew McIntyre. He is the chosen one after all. <laughs> oh, man. We have spent way too much time doing this shit together. <laughs> I was going to say Christian deserves it, but I was going to go with Drew McIntyre. So since you were with Drew, I'll take Christian. Fair enough. And a side note, I think with the big show in there, because I think the big show is a better wrestler than Mark Henry, I think for all substantial purposes, I have a feeling that the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match is the one that steals the show. I, You know what? I think so, too. Because we're going to see more wrestling in that match. We're going to see more, more bumps and spots, I think, on the Raw. But I, I, I really think that we're going to see um, you know a lot more technical wrestling in a ladder match standpoint on the SmackDown version, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I want to thank Miss Destiny in the chat, who's also added there are two Divas matches uh, on the card as I pull the chat room back up. Every time somebody types in, I lose my position. I hate that. We know that Eve is taking on Alicia Fox. Yeah, we've got uh, Alicia Fox, Eve Torres, and Kelly Kelly versus Layla. So let's start off with Layla and Kelly Kelly. Uh, you know what? They put Kelly Kelly over there for a reason. I'm not sure what it was, but they did. They took her off Raw, where she was easily the most popular diva over there. Um, and when I cut that promo, it was originally supposed to be Kelly Kelly's bathwater I was drinking. So, But then I saw Velvet Sky and changed my mind. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Kelly Kelly on this one. I think she wins the title. You know, I'm gonna have to disagree. I think Layla's gonna keep it a little while longer, and probably with help from Michelle McCool. Because let's not forget, it's not just Layla that's the women's champion. Right. It's Lay Cool together collectively as the women's champions. So I think that's I think that's why they're gonna end up putting it on Kelly Kelly. They put her over there for a reason. And she's easily the most popular diva in the company. So I'm saying that with the way cool situation and that's run its course, I'm thinking it's just time for Kelly Kelly to have her first title. All right. So we're uh, we're definitely differing on that one. Let's move on to Alicia Fox and Eve Torres. I'll start this one off. I think Alicia Fox retains here. As much as I like Eve Torres... I think they've got a lengthy run in mind for Alicia Fox. They're trying to build up her uh, her heel character. Her in-ring stuff needs needs a little work, I agree, but I think she's getting over. I think that she's okay as the champion for now, especially if, say, in the next couple of months we see Natalia Nightheart move into the title picture and be the one to take it from Alicia Fox. Cincinnati, of course, is face and Alicia Fox's heel, I think that works. I'm going with Alicia Fox retains over Eve Torres. I'm going to agree with you on the fact that Alicia Fox retains because Eve is more popular, and it makes more sense to have her chase right now than it does to have her with the title. And I think that through a hook or crook, some kind of trick, you know, shenanigans, Alicia Fox wins and retains. Um, I love my I love my girl Eve, and I know I said she'd win the title when she did, but I'm going to go with Alicia Fox so that Eve can chase. And again, it makes sense if Natalia should come try to fight 
for the title, at least to be heel face. So I'm going to go with Alicia. All right, so we're both picking Alicia Fox. Uh, let's move on to the main event. We've got the steel cage match. John Cena taking on Sheamus, the WWE champion fella. Who do you got going over in this one, fella? Well, fella, I think my heart wants to see John Cena win the belt because I just, I don't believe in Sheamus as a champion. They've done nothing to show me that he's a, a viable champion. That's blasphemy, uh, fella. I'm going to say Sheamus wins just for the simple fact that I think Cena is going to end up in a program, a lengthy program with Nexus, and uh, he doesn't need the title to do that. And I think Sheamus and Nexus might still have something to do with each other, so I'm going to go with Sheamus on this one. And I think Sheamus is going to go over. I think it's going to be with help from the Nexus. More importantly, Barrett. I think Wade Barrett helps Sheamus retain his title uh, as he escapes. I think Sheamus will escape the cage probably because they will either come from under the ring and hold John Cena in place to allow Sheamus to get the victory. This will basically take us into SummerSlam, a feud between uh, John Cena and Wade Barrett. And I think that's really going to be your program. I don't think a title needs to be on the line between Barrett and Cena. I think they are absolutely heading uh, toward a SummerSlam match. So I'm going to stick with Sheamus winning the WWE or retaining the WWE Championship in the Steel Cage. And I think for you know storyline purposes and longevity, I mean, I I don't know what they have planned for the Nexus. I hope they don't squash him and just be done with him soon because they've got a great future of you know using this as a faction as a group if they do it right. I think to get them over as being an actual threat, they really need to take a top superstar out. And Cena could use a break, and it wouldn't hurt, you know, if they were able to take Cena out for a month, maybe two, um, and then maybe let Randy Orton and, and uh, you know, some of these other guys have a shot, a program with the Nexus. But I just, you know, like I said, who knows what they have planned, but... They sure have something going on with Nexus if they do it right. You know, and I got to thinking about, I had said I thought the steel cage match would end the pay-per-view. If it doesn't, then I think they have something special planned uh, for what I think could be the main event, Rey Mysterio and Jack Swagger for the World Heavyweight Championship. Now, I say this for two reasons. If, in fact, the SmackDown Money in the Bank winner is a guy like Drew McIntyre or Christian, and say Rey Mysterio, who's going into this match injured at the hands of Jack Swagger, Jack Swagger wins the World Heavyweight Championship, and whoever wins Money in the Bank, say it's Christian, cashes in Money in the Bank and beats Jack Swagger on the same night he won the belt and starts off their own title reign. I think this is possibly the main event. That way we don't have two Money in the Bank winners running around at the same time. Exactly. When I think about it, it makes no sense for the guy on Raw to cash in money in the bank. But on SmackDown, it makes a lot of sense. When you've got both Drew McIntyre, or excuse me, you've got uh, Rey Mysterio and and Jack Swagger in the main event here. So, I'm going to say that my pick is that uh, 
Jack Swagger, I'll bite, I'll bite just for a couple of minutes, wins the World Heavyweight Championship against Rey Mysterio, and then somebody cashes in that money in the bank and beats Jack Swagger. I'm going to go with Jack Swagger just because of the Rey Mysterio injury thing. I'm going to take Jack Swagger to win the belt. I'm not sure if it's the money in the bank or coming in or not, but I'm going to take Swagger to win the belt at the pay-per-view. Well, I mean, I, the reason I say that is because the WWE wasn't very high on his run as champion. Uh, they thought it was it was a bad move, obviously. They didn't really uh, think he had a successful run. And to have him win the, the title for a second time and then to lose it, you know, a la like a Yokozuna when he won the, the right. world championship from Bret Hart and it was beaten by Hogan two minutes later. You know, I, I kind of think that's the route they're going here. So I'm going to say that uh, Jack Swagger wins the world title. I would agree with you on that one. So those are our picks. They're marked down. And you actually did pretty good in this last pay-per-view poll. Uh, the TNA pay per view poll you did you did really well. I think you actually tied with Harmony. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think you only missed one. I'm trying to remember which one that was. You were close to getting a perfect score. Well, I should be. That's my brand. Well, there you go. But yeah, you and Harmony did the best on the show. So uh, kudos to both of you. Well, thank you very much. Other than that, I'm done. Stick a fork in me, man. No shit. It's time to get the fuck out of here. Uh, I don't really have anything major for a song of the night, but uh, I did pick something, so uh, we'll go out with this, especially after all our Skypean death drops toward the end of the program. All right, with that said, on behalf of the Trade Dog, I'm Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay. Thank you guys for tuning in to another jam-packed edition where things get a little heated between myself and the Trade Dog. Uh, right here on Wrestling News Live. I'll see you guys tomorrow night for another edition of Unplugged. You're not fired. <laughs> Damn. And, of course, don't forget, this week we'll be bringing back MMA Now, archived on Friday. Uh, Pro Wrestling Rewind will be archived on Saturday. And then Sunday, I'm back again with a live Sunday night showdown. Johnny Devine will join us uh, as we cover Money in the Bank. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm JJ Sexay. He's the trade dog. JSK, take us the fuck out of here, and we'll see you guys later on. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out.
gets me. Comment myself. 